that post-nut clarity will really get you. <laughs> Welcome to season six, where we're phoning it in. You don't think critically and then put a Pop-Tart into your body. I am highly caffeinated and minorly concussed. Aruga, aruga. What came first, the love sack or the gravity gun? It's my turn to do a sin with Sonic. This is for the freaks. <laughs> Too much piss. That's the kind of bad decisions we like to hear about. Let me a sleepy ass bat. How much shrimp can you fit in your mortal body? You told me you guys would be cool. That's season six intro material right there. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and specifically my dedication to this podcast. And and explicitly referring to how I could have spent my weekend playing the new Legend <laughs> of Zelda game that was released on Friday, but nay, nay, friends, and I instead decided to watch three seasons of a 20-year-old show that aired on the WB. You, like me, didn't join the rest of the world in mainlining <laughs> 72 straight hours of Legend of Zelda con- Minecraft. I have not... I have not made a big plank penis rocket man in Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. No, not yet. You haven't crucified any Karaks yet? Wait, has not a single host on this video game show played the new Zelda game yet? I've I've played about an hour and a half of it. So I've I've done Tutorial Island. That's about it. I I didn't have $70 to give to Nintendo until earlier today. And I've been working the whole well, time. Well, I had so. I didn't have seventy dollars to give the Nintendo, but I did have ninety nine ninety nine to give to a Nintendo for two free vouchers to get Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom and Kirby. So yeah, that's uh, that is what I will eventually do. I couldn't I couldn't pass that up. Anyway, I mentioned twenty plus year old WB shows. That's right, you guys. You heard me correct. We're doing we charm. Returning. We're t- we're not doing <laughs> charm, but hey, maybe maybe someday. Uh, we are returning to the SEO goldmine that is serial dramedies that aired on the WB in the late 90s and early aughts. So on our last flavor text, while talking about breakout hit Gilmore Girls, I did mention the killer lineup of shows like Smallville, Dawson's Creek, and The O.C. that was airing at that time. Today, though, we're going to talk about the granddaddy of the WB's millennium-ending lineup, and also my new all-time favorite TV series, <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Who else would you say, like, what other shows would would hold a candle to the flame of Buffy yeah. the Vampire Slayer? Like, Smallville? Well, um, I've got like it in here. Supernatural is probably the next closest. Supernatural came out, like, ten years later. I'm talking yeah, about... Yeah, Supernatural like, oh, is more talking, of a spiritual We're talking successor. time. The, I got you. The, the only... I think the only more popular show, more higher rated show, and I'll talk about it here in the notes later, than Buffy was Seventh Heaven. Okay. Which, <laughs> do you want to talk about a show that did not age well? <laughs> it has created its own genre of things that do not age well. Um, but believe it or not, Seventh Heaven was, and and probably I think history will show, it was the WB's like biggest juggernaut. Um, but because it was a family show. So this I'm calling the granddaddy of that type of like teen supernatural drama. Aired after eight o'clock. Aired after eight o'clock. <laughs> perfectly, perfectly encapsulated, Kyle. Um, I should note before we move forward, today's episode is brought to you by hashtag Butthwomp Nation member and honorary watcher, O Creative One. And that's O Creative One, their tag in the Discord. 
If you want to commission your own flavor text, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash debate this cast. For the one-time low, 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 low price of $60, you can dictate which franchise, series, or other piece of media we break down next. That's right. For $60, you can make Andrew watch all of Charmed. Or (laughs) Seventh Heaven. (laughs) Or Seventh Heaven. (laughs) Yep. So, you know, if you're thinking about like, hey, I got this money burning hole in my pocket. I really want to go make uh, flaming flaming dick, dick wood creatures in Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Would you also want to hear about Charmed? <laughs> <laughs> what, what if I could save you ten dollars? <laughs> yeah. What if, what if you could capture the same energy as sitting in an airport terminal at two in the afternoon with the TV <laughs> muted? <laughs> so anyway, as we all know, slaying vampires is a lonely business. And I wouldn't be here if it weren't for the rest of the Scooby gang, my two best friends, and definitely never at once love interests, Kyle Sprung Monkey Colt. Fuck. (laughs) I didn't write down your last name and I did it wrong. (laughs) My two best friends, Kyle Cole. um, What? Kyle Sprung Monkey Harper and Matt Four Star Mary Cole. I like Kyle's better. I like mine a lot. That's, that's <laughs> my good gamer tag. Those are '90s, late '90s alt rock grunge bands that we will talk about in a bit. Oh, they sure are real, real ones. Those are real <laughs> bands that you could go and listen to with your human ears right now, and they're both very good. Yeah, Matt. The that's was the name of my band in high school. Jokes have like an origin, and it's that '90s band names were garbage. I literally titled our notes "Welcome to the Hellmouth" is the name of my high school ska band. <laughs> All right, guys, um, I think I know the answer, but let's go around the horn. Do either of you know anything about Buffy or the extended Buffyverse? I know more than a person who has never watched the show should. Um, yeah, because you watch because you watch Smallville. Nope, didn't watch Smallville. I just like, oh, I thought I, you did. Okay. I've been online since the year yeah. 2000 <laughs> yeah, and fair. until about six years ago online loved joss whedon and this is this is that man's origin story um yeah yeah i know a decent amount i know it's like like er, the the first nerdcore of the 90s of this era of nerdcore and Mm -hmm. um it popularized a whole bunch of things that like went on to be popular later like the musical episode and um, yeah, that's right. And just like this online fandom culture we all live in and deal with now, like all yeah. exist because of this show. Yeah, you're very, that's very right. I would say my answer is pretty similar to Kyle. I've never watched it. I don't know much about the content, but I have been chronically online for 20 years. So sure. I yeah. know what I know about Buffy the Vampire Slayer from other things that I've watched or consumed. That have been described to me as you should watch this. It's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, so mm-hmm. I know that it's, you know, a monster of the week. Soft drama that really gets the people yeah. going. And that's my definition. It's it's one yeah. of those shows. And I just experienced it with something not on topic at all. But it's one of those shows that like as soon as I watch it, a whole bunch of references that I 
newer Buffy references yeah. are going to make a whole lot yep. more sense. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. In my life. That yeah. was 110% my yeah. experience. Yeah. Especially um, Allison Hannigan's entire acting career <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> becomes <laughs> crystal clear. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, as they say, get into it. So let's, fa- let's rewind. It's the summer of 1992. A very schlocky summer popcorn flick premieres in theaters called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, and this is, so anybody listening at home, uh, we are, we've got an imager folder. Uh, please access the link in the show notes if you want to play along. For Matt and Kyle, we are looking at image one. This is the movie poster for the 1992 summer blockbuster, blockbuster with the air quotes sure. there, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's not Sarah Michelle Geller. It's not Sarah Michelle Geller. That's actually Christy Swanson. Um, so the movie starred Christy Swanson as this like kind of basic, vapid, teenage, Southern California, valley girl type who goes about her day being a high school cheerleader, hanging with her friends at the mall, yada, yada, yada. One day, she's approached by Donald, Donald Sutherland in a trench coat. You know how you get approached <laughs> by Donald Sutherland in a trench coat? Yeah, who's among us. Who tells, her that, yep, who tells her that she is the chosen one, TM, um, also known as the Slayer. She, Buffy, is destined to hunt and kill the vampires that lurk in the shadows, and it's his job to train her for this calling. And he does, and she does. Great. Um, along the way, she fights off Paul Rubens doing his best Nick Cage vampire impression, which is on image two. Uh, Paul Rubens, you may remember as Pee Wee Herman, if you don't know that name. That is certainly Paul Rubens uh, pre-getting caught masturbating in a, in a theater. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Paul Rubens doing a doing a vampire. Um, along the way, she also saves a strapping young lad with boyish good looks named Pike, played by Luke Perry, and ultimately defeats the vampire king Lothos and saves the senior dance. Roll credits. We're not going to talk more about that movie because it really doesn't matter uh, because the movie was critically panned and not received very well. You may look at this and say like, "This looks like a movie from the '80s." Um, even though it was uh, written in 1992, when the movie came out, it was considered to be very old, and it was like a very like 80s depiction of teenage culture. Um, one of the movie's writers would even go to publicly lambast the movies for years upon years later, citing a series of last-minute rewrites and bad decisions from the studio. Surprise, surprise. There it is. That writer's name is Joss Whedon. Hey! So... Four years later, Joss Whedon sold a pilot to the WB called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was intended to right the wrongs done to him <laughs> and his, his movie. Um, and this was kind of marketed to the network as like X-Files meets my so-called life, which is like, which was very much a like early 90s, like alt teen or mid 90s, like alt teen siren song, yeah, you know? Yeah, right. So, so um, Joss Whedon's always been like this is what you're saying. He's always been frustrating, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the uh, the story of the series more or less picks up right after the events of the movie does. Um, Buffy Summers and her mother move to the small fictional town of Sunnydale after Buffy inadvertently burned down her high school's gym and her parents split. That was I was going to say. The movie was the gym. The gym burns yeah, down. I, yeah. I vaguely remember. I, I like started this show and I did like okay. have the, the bad... 92 movie on in the background as part of that process yeah. <laughs> um so i do remember you, that you do not need to see no the, you do not need to skip, see the movie skip but the movie. <laughs> there is 
There is a fun clip. If you want to see the movie, the only clip worth watching is a two-minute death scene <laughs> when she kills Paul Rubens, and he's like, oh, 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 oh my. it's very over the top. Judging from this picture, using a ruler as a stand-in for a wooden stake. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, low budget is uh, is the operative term here. Kyle mentioned the, sh- the Monster of the Week fo- format. So this show follows the Monster of the Week format, which is not definitely not the first to do it. Um, this, was, this would have been made famous at the time by the X-Files. Um, but this definitely cemented Monster of the Week as a thing and like made it a title um, to the point where uh, there is an RPG. There's a tabletop RPG called Monster of the Week. And the characters are all based on... A lot of them are based on Buffy archetypes, including the yeah. Chosen One, yeah. which is what that is. It's very yeah. cool. Um, and, and much like, and monster of the week, if I don't know who listening to this doesn't know what this is, but in case you don't, uh, the idea is, you know, these are one-off self-contained stories that resolve some sort of, again, monster and supernatural antagonist that is introduced and resolved in one episode. Um, now wait real quick. Um, you mentioned the monster of the week RPG, uh, Oh, creative mm-hmm. one who commissioned this episode from our Patreon That's right. is on a monster of the week podcast. Uh, called The Monster's Playbook. So if you're looking for that sort of thing, I think we ran the ad for it in the last debate this episode. Yeah, go check that out. Yeah, so Monster of the Week. So it's not just these like isolated stories. It's not just Scooby-Doo episodes, right? Um, Seasons are bookended by major plot arcs and a big bad. Now, big bad is another term that comes from Buffy, actually. Um, Big bad, we use that all the time colloquially, and we all know that to mean just like, you know, the central antagonist of a particular arc. But Buffy's really what cemented this term um, and the way that these seasons are written. There's one central bad guy who's kind of playing behind the scenes like, oh, what am I going to do to Buffy this week? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And there's always a mid-season cliffhanger, and then there's the season finale where that resolves that arc. Um, it's a show. It's a show in the '90s. So we all must reckon with the fact that if you're a nerd born after 1985, half of your vernacular comes from Joss Whedon. Yeah, yeah. and and that is those are sins <laughs> that we're going to take to our respective <laughs> graves. Now, as as most shows that achieve this like cult status, uh, the series of course had a rocky first season. Um, it actually aired mid season, so it re- it was replacing another show on the WB at the time. So it only had ten episodes, I think, ten episodes. Um, so it was a half season order. And the writers, of course, like, you know, you need that momentum to figure out who the characters are and like what works, what doesn't. And there are some good episodes season one, but the show really starts to cook midway through season two. And and that's when like people were very much on board. It quickly became like by by the end of the second season and in, in um at the beginning of 1999, it became the highest sec the second highest rated show right under Seventh Heaven. Wow. Which is a very different show. A very, very different, different show. show. Which again, you can hear about for sixty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to do Seventh Heaven. Please don't make me. We'll make Todd do it. Yeah. If this had been a Netflix show, we wouldn't be having this conversation today because we would have gotten those ten episodes and it would have gone bye bye. Yep. Sure would have. Yep. Um, it also those first couple seasons definitely suffer from is this show the series finale or the season finale? Oh sure. You know? uh, yes. Sure. Which. Which again, like tons of shows like this, see also Community and Thirty Rock, right? Buffy would go on to air for seven full seasons, uh, with the last two actually produced by competitor UPN, um, and the series finale aired on May twenty of two thousand three. 
The series also inspired a very successful spinoff, which many shows don't do. Uh, the spinoff is called Angel, which went on for five seasons and actually aired during most of Buffy's time from 1999 to 2004. And Angel would very much like play off of what was happening in Buffy, and a lot of they would share a lot of the same characters. Uh, this is what started to create the the other term that we hear a lot, which is the Buffyverse. Yep. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> I yeah. did not realize like already how much cultural impact Buffy had. This Huge. It's quite the quite the social hit on the yeah. zeitgeist for sure. Yeah. Did Angel have a spinoff, or was there a second Buffy spinoff? Angel. We'll talk about it. There are a, a litany of comic book spinoffs that are all like officially canon and executive produced by Whedon. Okay. These are the only two like legit series spinoffs. Okay. There was a few that never made it, but these were um this is this was all of them. Okay. Buffy obviously accelerated the celebrity status of nearly anyone who touched it. Again, bear in mind, this is a, ch- a teen show on the, on the WB. Everybody who started on the show were nothing, were nobodies. Yeah. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar and Allison Hannigan were the two biggest names from this. They both went from bit parts to starring in Cruel Intentions and, and American Pie, respectively, in like two years. So Buffy also hit its stride in 99 because both of those movies came were coming out and they both predominantly featured those actresses. Uh, two of the male leads, David Boreanaz and Nicholas Brendan, had barely done any acting prior to Buffy. Um, the former went on to star in the TV series Bones after doing <laughs> Angel, and which is Buffy but with cops. Yeah. <laughs> and the latter went on to do a bunch of crimes, and we're not going to talk about Nicholas Brendan because he sucks. Okay. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He's he did a lot of crimes. Okay. He did a lot of All things. Right. What do you know? Yeah. I mean, he struggled with addiction for a long time, oh, okay. and I'm pretty sure he's in jail gotcha. now. Yeah. Speaking of people who suck, Joss Whedon also became a household name hey. after this show. Uh, people have heard his name, and people have heard his name attached to other short-lived cult series like Firefly and Dollhouse, ultimately capping his celebrity as the director of the first two Avengers movies, including greatest movie of all time, Avengers 2 Age of Ultron. <laughs> you sure right are. It, it be. It do. Mm-hmm. Is best. Sometimes it'd be like that. They don't think it is. Buffy also catapulted the career of a lot of its rotating guest cast, like Charisma Carpenter, who ended up to San- who en- who went on to star in Angel, Seth Green, and Michelle Trachtenberg, which are two names that you guys probably recognize. Who also remember they had big parts in this show. Yep. Okay. Yep, and that's why uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's been on like thirty episodes of Robot Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, during its run, the show gained a massive fan base, obviously, and to this day, 20 plus years later, there are still tons of fans writing fan fiction, ranking episodes and seasons, and producing video essays on YouTube. If you just search Buffy on YouTube, you will get you, uh, you will you get will pages and pages of video essays. Never run out of things to watch. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and I mentioned earlier, after the series ended, Dark Horse Comics produced a bunch of of like serial comics graphic novels continuing the story past season seven. And it went up to season 11, I think. And Joss Whedon wrote many of them and was consulted on the rest. I think that I knew that because I think that I okay. heard good things about the Buffy comic. They are... They are very generally liked, and they seem pretty high quality. Like I, I probably I'm going to finish the show, um, but I will probably try to read at least season eight because it it looks for good. all his faults. Joss Whedon is a good yeah. writer. Like he does, he is he he goods. was he was a good writer. So let's let's talk about this. So speaking, Age of Ultron director <laughs> Joss Whedon. 
<laughs> Batman versus Superman direct, uh, director <laughs> Joss Whedon. This is our official disclaimer that the views and opinions that I that I share around Joss Whedon's work and that will be shared the rest of this episode are not a reflection of him and his character. Joss Whedon is a monster. Um, he is a bad person, and plenty of interviews and articles have come out in the last couple of years that describe a long history and pattern of emotional and verbal abuse um, and him sustaining a very toxic work culture for actors and crew and writers alike. He's not a good person. He is not. That being said, we are going to do what a lot of the fans do currently and separate ourselves from, separate the man from the work. And we're going to look at Buffy with a complete unbiased opinion. Well, I'm very biased because the show fucking rules, but we're not, but we are going to separate the man from the work. So that's it. We open the series pilot. Welcome to the Hellmouth. The first, uh, so the pilot opens in an in a interesting cold open because, again, this show is is so much, it's just dripping with, like, campy horror callbacks. Yeah. So, especially the first season, you're going to see a lot, of, um, a lot of references and homages to classic monster movies and other, like, just you know, horror canon, right? So this show is not just about vampires. It's about demons. It's about ghosts. It's about, you know, all of the occult. And it it plays so well in the space of, of schlocky action horror and like fun, goofy camp. Um, it, 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 you know, it is, it has the same energy as like a scream, but it, and it, it, it just, it toes that line so well. And it does so, and it just immediately off the bat, this first scene in the pilot episode, we see uh, this like young man and woman break into a dark classroom because everything happens at the high school. Right. And, uh, you know, he's like, come on, baby. Well, let's go to the, the roof. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know if we should. If we're going to get in trouble. Um, and, you know, he's got, he's wearing, he's, she's like, do you even go to the school? He's like, I graduated. I'm older, <laughs> you know? And uh, so Horrible. he's like, He's clearly has the intention on doing a sex to her um, or something, something even worse. But then there's a turn. So image three, we see this, this couple who's walking around. You may recognize this as Julie Benz, who played uh, Dexter's wife in Dexter. Ah. Dexter. Uh. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, the girl walks away. She says, ooh, I heard a noise. And then uh, basically in a call is coming from inside the house moment, turns around and reveals she's a vampire in ah. Um, I do want to take a beat to really hone in on the artistry. So this is, for those of you, if you aren't looking at this image, Joss Whedon's interpretation of Buffy's interpretation of vampires. These are not the sexy, the sexy glistening vampires of Twilight's yesteryear. No, no, sir. These are essentially like bulldog people. <laughs> there's a lot of wrinkles. There's a snout. And there's, you know, very like protruding fangs. Um the the show part of what's great about watching this show is how like obviously low budget it is so you hear these things where like this is like really cool prosthetic makeup they look like klingons from tng yeah. that's helpful for anybody with the star yeah, trek that's definitely a klingon a, a modified klingon prosthetic yeah and there's a lot of like you know these like turn their face around and like they're like Rah, vampire but uh there's always this sound effect that they insert which is like a snarling like a wolf snarling nice and it's like a <laughs> um and it's just it's so good every single time i want to take a quick moment i just googled this but i want to 
give credit to John Volick, who was the uh, makeup artist and special effects artist for oh. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, and I'm a little bit plugged into the the special effects and makeup like world, so I'll give you the quick backstory. Yeah. John Volick started Optic Nerve Studio, which uh, is now owned by Glenn Hetrick, who was one of the judges on Sci-Fi's Face Off. So if you're familiar with that, there's that for you. But he was mentored by Tom Savini, who's like the guy. Um, and Tom Savini mm. did Friday the 13th. And John Bullock mm, yeah. helped with Friday the 13th. So that's there's that the backstory. That's how we got really there. tracks. Honestly, too, after like the slog of Marvel content that we've had in the last 30 years, um, it's been really refreshing kind of just as a as a piece of art and history to watch something that has zero CG. Yeah. Like it's just, it's really cool. Yeah. You know? Like everything is like real sets and real prosthetics. And it's just not that it's better. It's just kind of refreshing. Yeah. I will say the other thing that this picture reminded me of from my, mm. like my short viewing of it. Yeah. Everything is in like nineties mood lighting yep. and on like real sets that like may or yep. may not have been intended for this show at the first time they were used. And it's, yeah, that that is also like very yeah, they, uh, art artistically cool and yeah they, they the crew shot on location in a town in L.A. outside of L.A. Oh okay, um, right on. And and they would often shoot most of their stuff late at night and they like reportedly so everybody who was playing teenagers are like in their twenties as as, yeah. as as the Hollywood custom. But they there's a lot of reports and part of the reason why this was such a hard show to work on was that they would be they would be working through the night uh, very very regularly because a lot of the stuff takes place at night it just yeah yeah so I love this intro because it sets up two things one obviously vampires are real and they are masquerading as sexy teens all over no my sexy teens (laughs) (laughs) but more importantly this show is going to reverse a lot of your 1997 era expectations on gender norms in act specifically in action and horror media, because it's the woman who's biting the man as the vampire. Yes. And we're going to see Buffy is the action hero and Buffy is always the action hero. Buffy is never not the action hero. This show also has a big, um, we've all watched, we've all seen zombie movies. It does uh, feel to it yeah. the whole time yeah. through. It, it is, it is very aware of itself. Yeah. So at this point, I want you both. So I've queued up. I've asked you to queue up the intro to season one, the intro credits, only a minute long. Um, I'll also splice this into the the feed here uh, because I think this intro just perfectly like sets up the vibe that we're going to be getting into. So go ahead and, and click play whenever you're ready. I'm in. I'm already in. I've watched two <laughs> seconds and I'm in. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god, this rips so hard. <laughs> it's really yeah. good. Fuck, I'm gonna watch all of Buffy now. <laughs> You're gonna love it so much, I'm Matt. So yeah. in. Yeah. This is this is your and Maddie's new favorite show. Oh, I'm look at you. that. Oh <laughs> god damn. Yeah. Allison Hannigan's so young. She, she is, is yeah. pre-American Pie. Allison Hannigan is crazy to think about. She is still older than uh, most of the other students. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. In this. I think that it was on an episode of this podcast many, many, many seasons ago that mm-hmm. you guys informed me that 
uh, Allison Hannigan did not, in fact, get her start from the American Pie movies, but was in Buffy the mm-hmm. Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Um, yep. And yeah. so it's still kind of wild to me as somebody who like met Allison Hannigan in an American Pie movie to see the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, same. The before. Yeah. I mean, I, I my crush on Allison Hannigan started in American Pie graduated in how i met your mother and then uh what and then i saw the origin story as been watching buffy because she she doesn't really um develop her character until season two but season two you start to like really see like okay this is where she's developed like every tv character she's ever made or every character (laughs) yeah she's great she's one of the highlights of the show exclusively so uh the intro song that plays in that's that's uh that's used in all seven seasons that song was recorded by the band nerf herder Whoa. Good, amazing. <laughs> yep, I love um, it. And uh, it's the most like anime ass op- anime opening uh, because every season you get new clips that go along the music, and it gets oh, better and better. Good. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's, really, it's great. Is there a Dear Maria edit of the? Buffy <laughs> oh, there has to be. There fucking has to be. So uh, the rest of the pilot goes as such. Buffy goes through her first day at Sunnyvale, Sunnydale High. Um, and episode one quickly introduces us to our main cast of characters as shown in this early season promotional image as image five. So this is our main cast. These are our, these are our main characters. We're going to add more to this, but this is really like the OG crew. Of course, we have front and center Buffy Summers, our protagonist. Buffy is the slayer who once in every generation is chosen to stand against the vampires and demons and other supernatural monsters or so we are told in the opening credits. As the Slayer, Buffy is gifted with supernatural strength and agility and also has diet Wolverine healing powers. So she's like a superhero. Oh, that's cool. the thing. Like, it's it's not clear when you like you. She's a superhero, which is why she does this. It I did not realize that until like very recently yeah. reading about the show. Like it, I did yeah. not ever click that like she is intended to have supernatural it's, powers they it this is and this is why it's really interesting because this is not a superhero story and she's not a superhero like you know like an iron man or a spider-man or something like that she has above average capabilities so yeah, she's yeah. she's not stronger than say batman like she doesn't have like mutant powers or anything like that but they are they are extra she's yeah this is a weird yeah. comparison but it's it, she's like she's like a solid snake you know like yeah, just real, yeah. real, real good, but not necessarily she's like real, real good at fighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like she, she'll like bend steel pipes and do things like that in the show, and like do like she'll like you know ha- she's got like a ten foot vertical leap. And sure. the show, yeah. The, the show definitely plays fast and loose with the range of her abilities, like when it needs to. Yeah, she's a Power Ranger. Um, yeah, uh, she's also got some pre. She's also a precog, uh, so she has a lot of prophetic dreams. So this this show really plays deep into like cold opens with nightmares. Like they love oh, they love sure. nightmares. Love that. Um, so after Buffy burns down her previous high school in an effort to defeat Lothos, the Vampire King, she comes to Sunnydale trying to escape her past and starting with a clean slate. Um, throughout this first season, she's going to Spider-Man to her whole way from actively <laughs> avoiding her destiny as the Slayer to trying to ignore the threat in favor of living a, quote, normal life, and then finally embracing her role as Sunnydale's protector. So we see that's her arc, at least in the first couple seasons, specifically this first one. Um, so all the way to the left is Willow Rosenberg, who is played by Allison Hannigan. Willow is your stereotypical meek, bookish nerd girl who gets bullied by the cool kids for how she dresses has a reputation for like tutoring people and being really good at homework. Um, Buffy first approaches Willow to ask her for help with homework. 
And then they actually become like pretty close friends. And this is like the most important friendship on the show. Buffy and Willow are best friends and they like they have they are they are probably one of the best relationships throughout the entirety of entirety of the series. I said Allison Hannigan never really like Willow doesn't really develop until season two. In season one, her her role is computers. She's she's computer person. And again, may I remind you, this is 1997. Yeah, she's Wikipedia before she's she's Wikipedia for the group before Wikipedia she's she is the walking I'm in trope. Yep, got it. Yes, yes. Um, but also like her biggest thing about her in season one is her her unrequited love for her best friend Xander, which we'll we'll get in a bit. Um. But like I said, as the show goes on, we see Willow grow and she really becomes like the 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 like a strong female lead and like a big like social glue of the group. So next to Willow is Xander Harris. Um, Xander is Willow's childhood friend and resident goofy guy. He's the he's the crazy guy. Um, Xander's introduction is him skateboarding on the sidewalk through a crowd a crowded street of kids. Um, and then, of course, like wa- sees Buffy from a distance and is like, oh, and then r- hits nails into a railing. He's uh, he's Chandler Bing. He's Chandler Bing. He is Chandler. Um, this may not this may surprise you to hear that this is Joss Whedon's self-insert character. Oh, huh. <laughs> you don't <Yeah>. say. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you also may not be surprised to hear that Xander has a big time crush on Buffy as soon as he meets Buffy. And uh, the three of them kind of become this like trio of friends. Um, so Willow is in love with Xander. Xander is in love with Buffy. Buffy fights vampires. That's going to be your official love triangle here for the first couple episodes. Granted, all of that, though, they are like the three of them, like these become Buffy's closest and really only friends for a long time while she's at Sunnydale. Okay, so all the way to the right, we've got Queen Bee Cordelia Chase. If you've ever seen Angel, you you know this character. Um, Cordelia is she's your Regina George, your resident cool girl, your Paris Geller, if you will. Uh. Um, and and Cordelia, fucking greatest character in the show. Cordelia is <laughs> hilarious, H- always, always, always funny. Um, Cordelia exists to remind us that even though there is an entire civilization of blood sucking vampires living below ground, high school problems are very real, you guys, and very important. Amazing, sure. I love it. We must protect Cordelia at all costs. Good. Um, Cordelia's role for a long time is to find dead bodies. <laughs> 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 because, like, somebody's got to find a dead body, and we're not going to get SAG credit for another speaking role just for this one episode. We may as well have Cordelia find does the she, dead body. Does she have a good, I found a dead body scream? Because that's uh, she part does. of it, too. She does. Yeah. And, and once she gets in on the bit, it's even better. <laughs> good. Uh, but right now, she's just a cool girl. Cool bully girl. Sure. And then to Buffy's immediate right uh, between Cordelia and Buffy is Rupert Giles, or simply Giles. That's his last name, but we call him Giles. Giles is the Watcher. He's the Alfred to Buffy's Batman. Um, Giles belongs to a secret society that's responsible for training and mentoring Slayers and also acts as their like CIA handlers, essentially. So he assigns them missions, investigates the spooky occult things, et cetera, et cetera. Cool. So this is the Donald Sutherland character from the movie, but like very much not that character. And like we don't, Donald Sutherland was was a a, a menace to that production, so we don't talk about Donald Sutherland's character. And it's just oh. like this is Giles. There, there he is. He's just like the agency guy, you know. Like everybody yeah, needs the yeah. agency. He's that the company man. You work to do. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and as you can imagine, he, you know, he's like very straight laced. He's British. His personality is to be British. Of course. Um, but <laughs> so he he comes in and is like, Well, you should be fighting vampires. Why do you want to go to the dance, you you you, you, you silly girl? girl. Yeah, yeah, you silly teen girl. Um but so their their relationship is a little strained at first, but um he they as they work together, he starts to open up and he really becomes like a surrogate father. Giles is great. We love Giles. The relationship between J- Buffy and Giles is also really good. Um, so that's the Scooby Gang. That's that's going to be our our main kind of group of of characters, and all of those people, uh, among a few others, were introduced in the the opening credits. I was going to say it should be mentioned, like they call themselves the Scooby Gang. Yes, right? they at a at a later point. Uh, there's a couple references. One in season one, and one in season two. Um, this show obviously is like the real life embodiment of Scooby Doo. Um, yeah, and and. It, that is so much on the nose that when Sarah Michelle Geller played Daphne in the real life, real live action Scooby Doo, everybody was like, "Ah, you did the thing." Yeah, that is coined by Xander in season two, where he's like, "Eh, what about the other Scooby Gang?" Yeah, so just to drive home how how um, we all have seen zombie movies, mm-hmm. the, the yep. show is sure, yep. yeah, exactly. Um, I should note that Willow and Xander have another friend whose name is Jesse, who is introduced as part of the gang, but don't get familiar with him. We won't we won't see him very much longer. <laughs> so the actual story of episode one is fairly razor thin. Um, the body of a boy from the beginning was found stuffed in a locker. I'm pretty sure Cordelia finds it. Uh, Buffy Buffy immediately suspects vampires and goes to investigate. Um and then she confirms her suspicions. She sees two bite marks on the neck. Uh, she alerts Giles, who had already at this point introduced her as to introduce himself to her as her watcher. And so the two look for vampires hidden among the student population because, as we established, vampires are among us and they are very many sexy teens. Halfway through the episode, we meet another very important figure, another sexy teen, if you will. Uh, <laughs> now, while Buffy is heading toward the bronze, which we'll explain in a moment, um, by way of a dimly lit alley late at night, because of course she is, She's approached by a mysterious man dressed in a very shiny, dark suit jacket. Uh, image six, he's mysterious, he's brooding, and boy, howdy, he's dreaming. This is Angel, y'all, played by David Boreanaz. Uh. Now, we don't know why this strange man is wandering around in an alley late at night, but what we do know is that he knows a suspiciously high amount about the vampire threat and warns Buffy that the vampires are absolutely hiding among the, the sexy teens, but he's totally chill, don't worry. And as you can imagine, Buffy is immediately smitten. Oh, yeah, of course. And he definitely mm-hmm. isn't. He's, he's totally not a blade. Yeah, uh, he's totally not like some day walker. He's totally vampire. not a blade. Yeah. Ah, he's an absolutely not a blade, you guys. No, definitely. Of course. Got it. <laughs> Stop reading ahead. I, I did it. Uh, I know so... nothing, Andrew. <laughs> I've just, just cons- a baby. I've consumed media for 20 years. <laughs> We've all seen uh, zombie movies. We have We've all, all seen, seen zombie, zombie movies. movies. It's, it's the worst. It's the worst kept secret. So uh, to find this hidden teen vampire, Buffy and Giles go to where kids in this count this kids in this town go, which is the Bronze. Which the Bronze is probably one of the most important characters of the Buffy show. The Bronze is a setting. The Bronze is shown in Image Seven. Um, this is a cool as hell late '90s alt teen hangout uh, hangout spot slash concert venue that's converted out of an abandoned warehouse because of course it is. Um, so outside of the high school itself. The bronze is the most important setting of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
There's always keep people at the bronze. And when people aren't at the bronze, we need to be worrying about what the bronze is doing. <laughs> like, like every show set in New York City, it is the, it <laughs> yeah. is the, the yeah. sixth member of the cast. <laughs> exactly. It is, it is the city itself. Uh, the, the bronze also, like I should say, has an impressive lineup of 90s alt rock bands and solo artists many of whom play during live episodes, which just, again, like really just create the the vibe and create the feeling of this show. Um, there are a few recurring bands, like I mentioned earlier, Sprung Monkey and Four Star Mary. Um, the latter, Four Star Mary, uh, actually become an in-universe band, which we'll get to in a bit. Um, they even, at one in one episode in season seven, had a very early 2000s Michelle Branch play. Wow. So, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. There's the music is very good. Um, there's a Spotify play. So Buffy had a bunch of soundtracks, obviously, but there's a Spotify playlist that I found that I linked to. That I'll link to in the show notes that are just all of the music of bands playing at the Bronze, nice. and they're like 97 check. I have been listening to this playlist like on repeat. It's very good. Oh wow! Early Allison Krauss, um, mm-hmm. Third Eye Blind, Fastball. Yep. There's some good ones. There. There's some there's some, some, some really good hits. So Buffy and Giles meet at the bronze to sniff out the vampire in disguise. Buffy clocks some dude wear- wearing in like an 80s looking jacket and is like, that guy would never be wearing this. Uh, and, <laughs> but before she can grab him, um, the guy walks out with Willow. Um, and because Willow's trying to like be cool like Buffy and hit on guys, you know? Right, um, of course. Meanwhile, Buffy doesn't see Jesse, the friend that we're not going to know for very much longer, um, walk out with another female <laughs> vampire, that female vampire that we see in the cold open. So Buffy follow, Buffy follows her new friend Willow and but is intercepted by Xander who's like I found this wooden stake in your bag. Are you a vampire slayer? <laughs> <laughs> I, he's like he, he he's it's not like that. It's not that on the nose, but he's like he's like that's stupid. Vampires aren't real. She's like basically believe me or you're not. Believe me or not nerd. Like I'm going to go save your friend Willow. Like yeah. get out of my way. So he follows because Xander has a lot of uh, masculinity problems. <laughs> sure. Uh, so Buffy confronts the vampires inside a mausoleum, of course, and uh, saves her new friends in the nick of time while they witness her superpowers and vampire hunting firsthand. So now they're in on the bit. Um, the vampires retreat and all is well, except Jesse is nowhere to be found. <gasps> oh, no. Transition to the first episode's cliffhanger. We see a bunch of vampires underground as they awaken the master, an ancient vampire lord who tells them to, quote, prepare for the harvest. Um Darla, we learn her name is Darla. This is the woman vampire from the beginning. She's working with them and has taken Jesse prisoner and intends to use him as bait for Buffy. Next episode. Um, image eight shows the master who is our first big bad and very much looks like Jim looks and sounds like Jim Carrey's the Grinch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He looks like a ball sack. Yeah, he's very yeah. phallic. He is looking, very which is probably intentional. Yeah, yeah he, he looks like a, a big old testicle. Um, so episode two starts with Buffy and Giles getting Willow and Xander up to speed um, on the vampire threat and tells her about her identity as the Slayer and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, Willow this is assists, the exposition episode. This is the exposition episode. Um, Willow assists Giles with re- in research mode using computer magic. And, <laughs> and then uh, Xander and Buffy go back to the sewers to find Jesse. And thus, we birth the Scooby gang. Um, Angel appears again outside of the sewer and tells Buffy <laughs> his, his name. Uh, and, uh, and also, he's there. And, uh, and Xander is jealous because Xander has masculinity issues. Is it, is it a recurring bit that Angel just shows yep. up in like the, the most like 
asocial locations one, he can. One one thousand percent incredible. <laughs> Thanks for meeting me by the abandoned lumber mill. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> yeah. for meeting me at the the haunted doll factory. <laughs> David David Boreanaz. David Boreanaz did Edward Cullen before Edward Cullen was Edward yeah, Cullen. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. He he really like he did Dark and Brooding, and he was. He was really like channeling his inner Bruce Wayne with this. I'll be honest though, I don't really love his portrayal of Angel until the spinoff. Um, I think I think David Boreanaz is way better as Angel when he is outside of Buffy. When he gets to have sure. the show yeah. to himself. When when he's not just like the brooding sexy vampire. Yeah. But we can we can we can table that for three hours from now. <laughs> so um, Buffy and Xander do ultimately find Jesse in the sewers, but oh no, dude's a vampire. He was turned. Oh, so bummer. they kill Jesse and Jesse's dead. Um, this was a real inversion because Jesse was introduced as like part of the gang and like Xander's really close friend and then he's just a vampire and he's dead. And like, that's it. Done. So back at the library, the library is the home base. That's where Giles is kind of masquerading as the school's librarian. And the library has just a bunch of books on demons because, of course, it does. Yeah. It, well, they had that section for the weird kids that went that's to right, the library that's right. lunch. It is later revealed in the show that, like, the that Sunnydale, like, is a portal to hell. Too. I w- literally the the bullet put, played on the bullet point that I'm on. So Giles and oh, Willow okay. discover. <laughs> Come on, good, Kyle. Good point, Kyle. Good question, Kyle. Thanks for bringing that up. So Giles and Willow discover that the master arrived in Sunnydale six year, 60 years ago to open the Hellmouth, a, a, ah. dimensional, a dimensional portal that links Sunnydale to actual hell. Um, we will later find out that the portal is right under the library. We don't know that yet. But yeah, so this is called the Hellmouth. And this is the show's like very fuzzy explanation by like weird shit happens here because I don't know, Hellmouth. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's where I was going with it. Is like it, yeah. it's it's yeah. an in-universe explanation for like yeah. why is this high school shot like like a '90s like why is this high school set like a '90s drama? Why does somebody die? Night? Why do three kids die every month? Yeah, yeah. So, and and yeah. school just carries on because because mm-hmm. we're literally over hell. Cool. Yeah, so good. a brief anecdote. I used to work at a My church high school camp. was built over No, hell. <laughs> well, kind of. No, I used to work at a church camp. And when I worked <laughs> at church camp, one of the things that we used to do during staff training was, and I shit you not, we would go like hike around camp and look for portals to hell that certain staffers cool. said that they could do. And now... Did you find any hell mouths? Well, they said they did. I don't know. I never saw one. It's okay. like a like well, a snipe. Maybe a they were a vampire and they were tricky. I am now forever left with the fact that like it's probably because the older guys on staff that led that were obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I never probably. put that together. Uh so that really yeah. that unlocks something for yep. me. Thank you. Yeah. Some at least one thing will click for both of you tonight, I guarantee it. So uh the whole story with the master is the master arrived to open this portal to hell but was interrupted by an earthquake and something something he got stuck between dimensions or whatever and is trapped in this like intermediary underground and he needs um in order to escape to the mortal plane he needs to use another vampire vessel to harvest power from mortals or whatever blah 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 or whatever that's the harvest and that's tonight so this like once in a oh. hundred years things this happens to be tonight wow episode two and and we're yeah. getting our convergence. All right, yeah, man. that's right. Uh, Buffy goes home and she gets a very comical chest of medieval era weapons. Um, and and it, this is the other thing. The other dynamic is Buffy's. Um, she can't tell anybody that she's the Slayer, so her mom doesn't know. Um, her mom just thinks that she like gets in trouble a lot. 
Uh, and there's this like funny thing about like, you know, her mom's like, I know that everything feels really important, honey, but like you have to stay home. Like I'm grounding you. And Buffy's like, no, it's the end of the world. It's like, I understand it feels like it's the end of the world. It's like, that does the thing. Good. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like very good. yeah. Buffy's mom is great. Also, like she's, she's really funny. Um, and and then Buffy's like, all right, cool. And then she just like jumps out of the window because she's a superhero and she can do that. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, Buffy heads to an area of town where a lot of active young people would likely be gathered. And that is, of course, the bronze. <laughs> um, and this is the the big vampire showdown. So we get she fights Darla and another souped up vampire with the help of her new friends to show that slaying is a team sport. During the fight, she rescues Cordelia from being eaten alive, <laughs> who, who will absolutely choose to forget this entire event in the next 24 hours and blame it on rival gangs. <laughs> Good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the day is saved, and at school the next day, Giles tells the gang that because they live on a hell mouth, Sunnydale will attract <laughs> all kinds of supernatural activity, et cetera, et cetera. And here we have our premise. Oh, and he specifically calls out, hey, gang, it's not just vampires. Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. Hey, hey, viewers, if you thought this was <laughs> yeah, going to be just vampires, just, yeah, we're do not, we have some surprises for hey, you? Team Team D- B- BTW, BTVS is not just vampires. We're, we're not a one trick pony here. So the, the kind of like the thesis of Buffy and really season one is this idea that high school is hell. And it was it was the central thesis for their writing staff for like we're, let's take like normal high school problems and say what if they were demons from hell yeah um, sure, and that's yeah. and that's what it is and it's 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 really cool so uh episode three is our first now i'm gonna go through the first couple monster of the week i'm not gonna go through all of them because we would be here for six hours and not three but uh these ones in season one are, are really important and, and pretty good uh first up we have witch um, Buffy tries out for the school cheerleading team, and during auditions, another girl straight up bursts into flames. Huh? That's weird. The uh, the gang investigates and finds that a classmate named Amy, who is also auditioning, is a practicing witch. Sure. All right. And they obviously suspect that she may be involved. Um, also, she is all of a sudden suspiciously into cheerleading. So they do some sleuthing and find that Amy's mom was the head cheerleader of Sunnydale in her glory days, and that her parents were high school sweethearts, but have since divorced. They accuse Amy of witchery, of making this girl burst into flames. But then they find out that Amy's mom is the actual witch. And the twist is that Amy's mom forcibly switched bodies with her daughter in order to relive her glory days, which is like really fucked up. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of like parental abuse. Like this show goes deep. Like it it is not afraid to deal with like disturbing things. This, this is, Mm. I'm, and I'm certain this is not the first case this will happen Mm -hmm. this plot was lifted almost exactly in like at least three other like saturday morning cartoons absolutely sure yeah after the fact like i um, i think a good as i was watching this i was like this is teenager goosebumps yep yeah yes like this is what what goosebumps does for 10 year olds this does for teenagers high school students it's what if what if A normal thing in your life was spooky. Yeah. Yeah. And it does it really fucking well. Yeah. Yeah. To a T. So Buffy fights off the mom witch and Giles recites an incantation to get Amy her body back. Um, The mom, meanwhile, gets transposed and doomed to live for eternity inside a cheerleading trophy inside of the high school. And image nine is this like really weird picture of like two human eyeballs inside of a cheerleading trophy. That is nightmare fuel, dude. That (laughs) That is is terrifying. Yeah. And, oh. and 
the show doubles down on this. Three seasons later, there's a scene where Seth Green is walking down. He's like, wow, this cheerleading trophy looks like it's following me with its eyes. And then no one says anything. Oh, man. <laughs> and, and that is another thing that I knew like Buffy was known for was like mm-hmm. those seasons continuity. later callback continuity yeah. callbacks. Like, again, in a way that just like most yeah. shows hadn't really done until yeah. Yeah. until this. Um, Teacher's Pet uh, features. This is a Xander episode. This is our first Xander episode. Uh, Teacher's Pet features Xander and his insecurities about sex and girls when a super sexy substitute teacher appears one day and kind of sexually harasses him and invites him over to her house, which is really gross. And does she does it some American Pie f- fantasy shit? Yeah, you know? sure. You can imagine, like fill in, 90s, you can fill in the blanks. The nineties were a time. Joss Whedon was a different checking time. boxes. Uh huh. Uh, turns out the teacher is a ten foot tall praying mantis. <laughs> 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 Bet you didn't see that one coming. Um, image ten. This is a big old praying mantis who. Uh, so yeah. So what happens is she drugs Xander and this other like jock kid uh, who was bullying him earlier that day in this dungeon, and she's gonna lay eggs in her in their butts. And uh, Buffy no, saves not the their day. Butts. Their butts. <laughs> That's a big old praying mantis in image ten. And- and we all were surprised decades <laughs> later to learn that Joss Whedon was a pest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was definitely not saying the quiet part out loud. No, sir. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And Buffy saves the day and, and Xander is even more emasculated because Xander. Did he? Because he got pegged? He didn't get pegged with eggs, but uh, <laughs> you, a girl saved him. You don't know him. that. This is, this is part of Xander's arc. And, and I will. I, Xander does get redeemed, but he's pretty unlikable in season one. Uh, but he he does get redeemed pretty well, and this is part of his character arc is like coming to terms with, like one like just because he's a nice guy doesn't mean that he always gets the girl, and like Buffy never is never into Xander, and and she's very like publicly uh, like she's very open about that, um and and Xander doesn't get the girl in that regard, and it's fine, but he still sucks at this point, <laughs> so uh, the pack has the ch- the class visiting visiting the Sunnydale Zoo, where we see four teenage miscreants bullying another just like random red shirt kid. Uh, they they chase the kid into this taped off hyena exhibit, and Xander follows them to help because Xander has also got like a hero complex. Sure. Um, and he goes in to protect the bullying kid, but while doing that, Xander and the other four turn into hyenas, but like not actually into hyenas. Like, whoa, guys! Uh, <laughs> they get, like they get the soul. They get like, the souls of hyenas transferred into their human bodies. Oh, oh! So this yeah. is the uh, this is the, the the men are animals episode. That's right, of, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pre, uh, pre, uh, men are pu- predators. Puberty. Uh-huh. Yeah. Men are predators. Puberty. Puberty is the call of the wild. Uh, so like they travel in a pack now, and they're all and they like pull <laughs> and they're like literally like <laughs> scratching each other's heads and like pulling like you know oh stuff God. off their hair and st- yeah. things. Yeah. More on the nose, uh, they start being predator- predatorial to like the, the weaker kids, and they eat a live pig at one point, which is like kind of messed up. What? Um, <laughs> Xander, Xander also does like a pretty pretty un- not okay sexual assault on Buffy, but also it's Buffy, and she's like, "I'm gonna, dude, I'm gonna kick your ass, like, fuck off," and like kicks his ass, and then uh, locks him in a cage. While he is locked in a cage, the other four students literally eat the school principal alive. Okay, oh. hold on. Wait. <laughs> this, Wait just a goddamn yep. second. <laughs> yep. These four kids eat a man alive, and the school principal is dead and replaced with a new one. <laughs> and they all go to school the next day. This is episode five. <laughs> oh my god, dude. 
<laughs> it's incredible. Um, image 11 is our is our new and longer term principal, Principal Snyder, who is just a sniveling little fascist dictator of a man. <laughs> and he's great. He's got like a real hard on for discipline. Like he's very funny. Yeah. Um, but like very obviously a villain. Um, our mid-season arc episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The principal's just dead. Like that's it. We move on. Like that's that's weird. Again, rival gangs. It's fine. Um, our our mid-season arc episode is titled Angel. You can guess what it's about. Oh. Uh, the the episode begins with Angel. So at this point, like Angel's been showing up de- the dead of night, and he'll like help f- Buffy fight vampires, and then like he might show up at the bronze and then and, whip and his coat and leave. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Willow's all like, "Did you did you kiss Angel yet? You know, like that kind of thing, right?" And um, so so they've got like a they've got kind of this like budding thing going on, and like Angel's very clearly into Buffy too. Like he's not just like this mysterious you know figure. So uh, the episode begins with Angel helping Buffy fighting off this trio of vampires under the master. He gets hurt and Buffy takes him to her house to heal him up. Um, The two obviously get a little too close and a little too hot. And in a moment of passion, Angel accidentally reveals a secret. He's a vampire. He's been a vampire this whole time. He's a blade. Oh, no. (laughs) I had no idea. Yeah, he's a blade. Uh, So image 12 is is Angel's um, vampire face. And uh, and this is like this is kind of like a cool thing because again like this is their first kiss and he's like no no I'm turning <laughs> <laughs> you know and he's like don't look at me you know it's like that thing yeah um it's very good so uh, Buffy tells Giles Willow and Xander about it and of course Xander's like well, we should kill him and Giles is like well we probably should kill him he's a vampire they don't have souls they're monsters um that's just the way it is yeah, yeah. well yeah kind of <laughs> so Buffy's like yep I I will kill him. So um, we see, meanwhile, Angel gets confronted by Darla. Darla is that, again, that vampire from episode one. And Darla kind of becomes a a bigger figure in the larger canon because we learned that Darla is actually the one who originally turned Angel. Mm. So they have a history. She's our mini boss of the season. That's yeah, pretty much. So Darla has some like some some stake in this. No, no pun intended. Good. Um. Giles, meanwhile, finds information about a vampire from the 1800s named Angelus who went on a bloody rampage across Ireland and Northern Europe and then departed for America and then just disappeared from the history books. So that's pretty clear. Like this is signaling that this is Angel. So both Angel and Darla have been around for a very, very long time. Wow. So he really is Edward Cullen minus the body glitter. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Buffy confronts Angel ready to kill him. And Angel explains, no, here's why I'm different. So what happened was he was Angel Angelus was terrorizing the European countryside. Um, but while doing so, he killed the daughter of a powerful Romani family. They do not say Romani; they say the G word. Sure, yeah, Romani. It was the nineties. Oh. It was the nineties, after all. Yep, it's a G word curse, if you will. Uh, that family, the Romani family, cursed him in retaliation by restoring his soul, which effectively forced him to feel guilt and sorrow for all of his actions as a vampire. So he is he is. A vampire with his humanity restored. Oh, they hit him with the penance stare from Ghost Rider. That's yeah, right. Yeah, the, the penance, old penance stare. Yeah. yeah. So, so Angel's whole thing is he's he's not so much Blade. Like he he's not Blade in that like he ha- he's a daywalker. He's still a vampire. He's just a vampire's vampire. But he's a vampire with a soul who feels guilt, feels remorse, and therefore like wants to fight back vampires. And that's what he does. So he he's he does a Batman uh, in order to atone for his past sins. Um, Darla confronts the two at the bronze and then Buffy learns about their history and the three of them fight and Angel stakes her, turning her to dust. And that's one of the coolest recurring uh, like 
effects of the show is anytime a vampire is, is killed, they turn to dust um, and they call them and that they're just they're dusted. So nice. Nice. Uh, we get another another monster episode. I robot you, Jane. It's the the considered to be the worst episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's a weird one about the dangers of online dating. Oh, uh, that <laughs> is weird. Willow. Yeah, it's 1997. Um, Willow meets a boy online and starts to ignore all the other parts of her life. Um, eventually, it, fi- it turns out that the boy is not a boy at all, but rather a demon who got trapped inside of the internet. <laughs> oh, so what was that? <laughs> it's a demon who got trapped inside of the internet. All beans. <laughs> it would be the cloud if it was made today. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe 15 years ago. Um, and then he his, the 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 thrilling conclusion is the demon uploads himself to some Fallout Fallout power armor and looks like uh, a predator in Image 13 and fights Buffy. I dude, I'm telling you, Age of Ultron's a good movie. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> More importantly, iRobot Eugene introduces us to the computer teacher, Miss Jenny Calendar. This is image 14. At first glance, she may just seem like a mild-mannered computer teacher, but halfway through the episode, she <laughs> reveals her deep knowledge of the occult because she is, get ready for it, a techno pagan. No. Good. Don't. Uh-uh. Go back. What? All right. <laughs> A lot of a lot a tech- of MySpace bios uh, make a lot of sense now. <laughs> a, guys, it's a techno pagan. <laughs> I if it was technomancer, I'd let you get away with it, but techno pagan nope. is dirtier. It's the greatest word, the greatest two words that have ever been put together in the English language. Techno pagan. That's it. it. It feels disrespectful, but I don't know to towards who. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. No, they never explain what that means. They're just like techno pagan. She and just is. No, it's, it's like, oh yeah, totally. It's two words that scared middle-aged <laughs> white people in the '90s, and they <laughs> yeah. mashed them together. Like Absolutely. that's all it is. Yeah. Um, we do we do a talent show episode in the episode called the Puppet Show, uh, where the gang investigates a demon that they believe to be trapped inside of a ventriloquist doll. Um, because they they think so because the doll does the whole like, hey toots, what are you wearing? In, in like a <laughs> the same voice like that a, all ventriloquist dolls have, yeah, yeah, in in that 1930s Brooklyn accent. Um, it turns out the ven- ventriloquist doll is in fact alive, but the twist is that it's the soul of a demon hunter from the 1930s. That's why he talks like that, you guys. Oh, and the demon hunter is tracking another demon inside of a different high school boy. Um, this is the ventriloquist doll, Sal or Sly or I forget what it is. So Sid, this really, Sid. this really was. 15. Goosebumps for teens. <laughs> That's it. Sure was, Kyle. Wow. Um. So I that, think my favorite that yeah, ventriloquist dummy got a lot of work in the night. <laughs> it sure <laughs> did. That was the hardest working actor in Hollywood, in like 1994. <laughs> yeah, because that that was straight out of a Goosebumps. That's what made me think of this. I was like, that yeah. is 100 percent a Goosebumps novel. Um. The the penultimate episode is Nightmares in season one, and I think this is my favorite from the season. So this this is like. This is where Buffy starts to um, traipse into abject horror rather than just like monster movies. Sure. So this starts with the gang sitting in class when all of a sudden uh, uh, just some random guy opens his textbook and this like massive tarantulas crawl out. And like, and it's just like, this is like, what the fuck's going on? Like they're everywhere. Um, Upon investigation, the student tells them, so they're like, oh, like, are you afraid of tarantulas? Or he's like, no, I love tarantulas. Um, and he explains that when he was a kid, he used to correct, collect tarantulas. And then one week went to summer camp 
and like something like he let his brother take care of the tarantulas and accidentally killed them all and the kid blamed himself for years and years and he would have this recurring nightmare about tarantulas you know coming to get him out of and out kind of out of guilt and they realize that like oh my god our nightmares are coming to real and slowly each character is then subjected to live out their absolute nightmare in this like surreal but still very real world way um, but the way it's shot is really cool. It's very like spacey wacy. So it uses like one character enters a door and then they're, they're in an auditorium, right? Yeah. Like it's, oh, and, you know, yeah. it uses, it uses camera tricks really well. Um, Willow's is, is really cool where that's exactly what happens. She walks into a room and then all of a sudden she's in a theater stage and she's, she's, uh, she's all dressed up in this like geisha uniform where she has to sing an Italian opera with an Italian opera singer and like doesn't know the words right like yeah because they're using a lot of the like traditional nightmare oh tropes. yeah again, right. like they hadn't developed these characters out yet so they, they a lot couldn't, of, like, they couldn't do things. the uh, they couldn't do the I have to give a speech and I'm in my underwear trope oh they did that Xander does oh, okay. that yeah oh, okay. <laughs> yeah but okay. like you're right uh, I mean they haven't developed these characters it's like episode 10 yeah. at this point yeah Episode nine, yeah. Jeez. So, um, but we know that Willow's really shy, and that's like that's a pretty easy one for shy people. Um, Xander gets chased through the cafeteria by Nazi clowns, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Nazi clowns, not just regular clowns, full on. Yeah, Nazi, Nazi clowns. clowns. Yeah. Wow. Um, they never talk about him being Jewish, but I guess he that's Willow's. <laughs> Willow's Jewish, but like they imply that he's also Jewish. I don't know. I mean, anything that makes Nazis bad guys, I mean, I'm I'm here for. Nazis yeah, are always yeah. bad guys. Um. This one is like pretty fucked up. So this episode, um, Buffy's estranged dad comes to town or is about to come to town to visit. And like, this is the first time we only get dad in like three episodes, but this is the first time she's seen him and she's like really excited and he shows up and he's like, I just wanted to tell you that um, you're the reason that uh, your mother and I divorced and I don't love you anymore. Whoa, and it's like, oh. she's like, what the fuck are you saying? But like, that's her worst nightmare. And it's like, holy yeah, shit. That's yeah, like, yeah. that's, that's fucked. fucked up, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Giles finds Buffy's grave because again, Giles is her protector and like he's developing this like fatherly relationship with her. Um, also what's happening is that at, meanwhile, the master there's this um, Giles has stumbled across this, uh, this um, prophecy that like that Buffy will die at the hands of the master and that's what they're setting up. So he's worried about Buffy's Buffy's life. So the episode culminates with the, literal fabric of reality shredding apart as Buffy finds a generic coma kid and helps him confront the <laughs> resident evil three ass monster that's been chasing them this whole time. Um, and this is a representation of coma kids, baseball coach. So that's the, uh, but it's a really cool episode. I, I like it a lot. It's, it's nightmare on Elm street, but yeah, different. yeah, it very yeah. much is. Yeah. Takes a lot of, a lot of inspirations from those. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry. This is not the penultimate episode. The penultimate episode is out of sight, out of mind which is about a girl that went ignored and unseen for years. And then one day just, just became invisible. Uh, um, this is like the, this is the epitome of like high school as hell. Yeah. Uh, mentality. Yeah. yeah. Um, and much like Kevin Bacon once did, she turns into a serial killer because she's invisible. Right. Did anybody see invisible man or hollow man? I, that... I knew that I got the okay. reference. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it's it. But not same. a good movie. Um, this is my favorite Cordelia finds a dead body segment. <laughs> And and this episode starts to pull in Cordelia as part of the gang. So she and Buffy are kind of like the two victims, and she and Buffy start to click a little bit, and we get we get more out of Cordelia's character. Um, a lot of it being like, you know, I don't, I'm not actually like a bitch. I just, you know, I do this because I'm I am also as insecure as you, and like that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. The 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 old. <clears throat> this is what we must do as women to survive mm -hmm. this world we live yep. in. Yeah. It's great. It's undeniably great. Um, <clears throat> season one ends with Prophecy Girl. So I explained 
Um, throughout the episodes, we get the master at the end and like, what am I going to do to Buffy this time? Uh, but like plotting on how he's going to get out into the real world. Um, this The other thing that's been happening is, is Xander's big crush on Buffy. And after 10 episodes, he finally gets the courage to tell her how he feels and asks her, asks her to the school dance. She rejects him because she's just not into him. And she's like, I, you know, you're a friend of me. Like, you're like a brother. Like, I, I don't want to do that. Um, Xander ex- reacts how you would expect he does and gets more jealous of Angel because Buffy's goes, also super goes, into Angel. Goes on 4chan. Um, goes on 4chan. He gets real nice guy. His mom's ba- uh, basement wall. <laughs> yeah, he goes to the bronze. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Buffy, Buffy overhears uh, Giles telling Angel about the prophecy. Also, Angel's just like around. He's like part of the gang now. Cool. And in this prophecy, again, stating that Buffy will die at the master's hand, Buffy, in a very realistic way, is like, I don't want to die. Like, I don't, I'm done. Like, I don't need, I don't need this in my life. Like, I just want to go to the school dance like everybody else. And, and I, I was telling Matt about this earlier, but like, this is that Spider-Man 2 moment that they capture that superhero movies don't really do often do a good job of capturing that is really captured well here, which is like, and Sarah Michelle Gellar is, does a fantastic moment where she like breaks down. She's like, I don't, I don't want to die, you know? And like Giles turns into, goes into dad mode to, you know, he's like, he's like, you're not going to die. We're going to fix this. We're going to figure this out. Right. Sure, like it's, yeah. It's cool. So yeah. Um, so Buffy's done, you know, she's out and, uh, and, and then she's planning on like going to the dance and she's like, no, fuck this. Like I'm, I'm out. Well, the next day, um, Willow walks in the AV club room and finds four dead bodies, four students, all ma- like mutilated from vampires. Oh god! And like this is another like really good Willow moment where Willow's like confiding in Buffy, and she she says the line like, "This was our space, and when I walked in this morning, like it no longer became our space. They made it theirs. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they enjoyed it, you know. And and it yeah. was like Willow being like, "We like this is fucked up." And like we need yeah. to, like we need to get these guys. Like it, it's a really cool moment, and it and again, like it cements their friendship, their relationship. Um, and Buffy's Buffy resolves at this point, like I will protect my friends and family, even if it means cost me my life. So there it is. Um, so in a very like in a very like um poetic move, Buffy wears her prom dress or not prom dress, but like her dress to the dance, like this like this white dress. Um. And she's wearing the black leather jacket that Angel gave her. So like this is very like symbolism. Symbolism. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so she she leaves under in the guise of or under in the guise of night alone to find the master. Um, and she figures like if she can't make it to the dance, sh- this will be the last thing that she wears. Like that's her that's her thing. So she knows that she's going on a on a death on a suicide mission. Um, of course, Xander and Angel are quickly are shortly behind following her, because of course they are. Of course. Um, Buffy does find the master in his lair and fights him, but he is indeed too powerful. He overpowers her. He does the, the Dracula hypnotism thing and drinks her blood, leaving her to die in a puddle of rainwater. And image 16 is the man, the master about to suck, uh, or it's about to eat Buffy's neck. And this is like a, a very much a callback to like Nosferatu. Yeah. Yep. Um, now filled with the power of Slayer blood, the master leaves for the surface to take over Sunnydale and Buffy is dead. Except, of course, she isn't because Xander and Angel find Buffy. And this part kind of sucks. there's six more seasons of this show. <laughs> there's six more seasons. Um, Xander administers mouth to mouth because Angel doesn't have a breath because that is a vampire thing. And it's like it's a weird thing because it's like almost paying off like Xander gets to do get to uh, have an uh, uh, intimate thing with Buffy. But yeah. like it isn't but it isn't played that way. It's 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 just it's a little bit weird, but like fine, whatever. So they save Buffy's life and the three of them head back to the surface to fight the master. 
Meanwhile, Willow, Giles, and Jenny Callender are headed for the bronze because they need to go to somewhere where students are going to be. Um, but they're leaving the school and a bunch of vampires just like break into the school and they're just, they're there, they're in the school and all hell's breaking loose quite literally. And then they re- and then also they're saved by Cordelia who just drives her car into a wall, <laughs> like through a wall. <laughs> Good. And she's like, get in, <laughs> you know, does that. Um, as they're driving around town, like vampires are everywhere and like people are running, you know, run like panicking in the streets. They realize that the true location of the Hellmouth is right under the library. And that's the big reveal here. Uh, um, they also realize that because a giant tentacle monster erupts from the ground to consume the school whole. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the, the final showdown is Buffy fighting the master um, and in the in, in his dying breath gets impaled on a giant on a piece of like ceiling raft or board uh, or whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, a conveniently placed wooden stake. Yeah. Which uh, which immediately dissipates all the other vampires and the giant tentacle monster. The group leaves and then they head to the dance, and that's season one. You they killed the mothership, so yep. everything else immediately shuts down. I mean, that's a pretty tight ten episode arc, if we're being yeah. honest. Like, yeah, if you didn't is. get anything other than that ten episode run, that doesn't suck. That's pretty pretty yeah, tight. People consider season one to be weaker. Um, it's it's only weaker in comparison. I I think there's a lot of fun stuff in season one, even though they're still figuring out some of the characters. Yeah, I mean it's only your first season once. Like you got him exactly. at least a little bit, but um, exactly that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So season two. Speaking of improvement, season two starts with Buffy coming back to Sunnydale from having spent the summer with her dad off screen in L.A. Um, she's pretty detached at this point, and she's like she's kind of doing very not Buffy things. And it's like pretty clear she's suffering from like hardcore PTSD because she died. Like she straight up died for yeah. yeah. Um, there's this point where she acts out this whole episode and this whole first episode. There's a point where um the three of them are at the bronze and she's like, Hey Xander, do you want like she basically is like, Hey Xander, do you want to fuck me or not? And but it's like not like that because it's a teen yeah, show. Yeah, so CW. she does this like she does this like uncomfortably sexy dance at with Xander at the bronze. And he actually gets kind of weirded out. He looks at his first, he's like, Oh yeah. And then he gets weirded out. And, uh, that actually like kind of dispels his crush on Buffy. And that's the writers kind of like being like, yeah, we're done with the storyline. Oh, well, good um, for that, and, at least I guess. Yeah. So like, he definitely like, he kind of, he does the Chandler Bing thing, like where Chandler and friends is like very like obvious that like Rachel is hot. Like Xander will always be like, Oh yeah. Like Buffy's hot, but like, he's not like has a yeah, in love with yeah, her. Right? Yeah. Yeah, which is he like can, fine. he can function like a person around her now and yeah, doesn't. Act, yeah. yeah, so that that does a good thing to like retcon that. Um, the first major conflict this season is uh, on the count of a new vampire rolling into town, quite literally in his cool car. This is Spike, a character who asks the question, what if Billy Idol were a vampire? This is image 17. <laughs> oh, yeah. Late 90s. <laughs> You, oh, yeah, that's really you, good. You signified to the world that you didn't care about society or its rules by bleaching your, your hair. hair. Yeah. What if um, Billy Vital was a vampire? What <laughs> well, he'd be he'd be Spike. Uh, Spike, played by James Marsters, is a character who was never in, like very much like the Aaron Paul of this season, like a character that was very much intended to be like a one note character who people like so much that he became a staple of this of this latter half of the series. Of course, absolutely. All right. So, but right now he's just a normal bad guy. Um, Spike, accompanied by his girlfriend Drusilla, who's the other person in the picture, takes over leadership of the remaining vampires. And his first act is to plan a straight-up attack on the high school during a parent-teacher conference night. 
Um, so this this means that Buffy's mom is right there in the chaos along with her teachers, uh, and they're all protect. And she has to like protect them while also pretending that she doesn't have superpowers. And those definitely aren't vampires trying to break down the barricaded <laughs> doors. <laughs> um, here's another click moment. So we talked a lot about the com- about community and talking about like oh there is writing off season four as the gas leak year. Yeah. Guess what happens at the end of this episode? They all walk out of the school saying, oh, that was a gas leak. Oh, oh really? Yeah. sets up the gas leak trope in, yep. wow. in TV shows. Yeah. So one of the one of the many excuses that people give for like why they're why those definitely weren't vampires that just attacked us and why there are like people dying every day is gas leak. Huh. Man, yeah. sure is a bummer that gas leak ate the principal alive last season. <laughs> <laughs> well, those were rival gangs. That's oh, oh, okay. My bad. My bad. That that helped that helped get the super predator bill passed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in Inca Mummy Girl, um, Xander falls in love with the mummy. <laughs> Xander quite obviously falls in love with the mummy of an ancient Incan princess who's come to life by stealing the life force of other people. Um Cordelia, Cordelia, is, who is now in the know after the events of last season, um, in another episode where she convinces Buffy to go to a college frat party with her. Oh, they do, and they get they get uh, roofied. They, they they get roofied. Yeah, yeah. And they wake up instead of instead of uh, bad sex crimes, they wake up chained up in a dark basement, about to be fed to some snake demon god who's shown in image eighteen. Neat. It's a weird a weird <laughs> way to do your. Uh... Your date rape drugs PSA episode. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. Yeah, don't don't drink alcohol, kids. Buffy does a Halloween episode, which might be the best Halloween episode, in which a mysterious costume shop appears in Sunnydale one day. Um, <laughs> Buffy and team buy the costumes from the weird British guy, and then along with the rest of the town, all turn into the actual thing that they had dressed up as. Oh, nice goosebumps! Nice. Yeah, like six years later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Buffy turns so Buffy dresses up as this like 18th century like nobility because uh, she learns about like Angel's girlfriend in the 1800s or whatever. Um, Willow, Willow, uh, some Buffy convinces Willow to like dress like sexy, and then at the last minute puts a sheet over her and is like goes as a ghost. So Willow turns into a ghost, but has to be seen, has to wear the the clothes that she was hiding. Um, and then Xander dresses up as a soldier and turns into a soldier. And and for whatever reason, has all of the knowledge and competence and training of a soldier. Well, you see, Andrew, it's because it makes the plot work. Yeah. Did that soldier have a lot to say about Desert Storm? <laughs> um, no, he didn't. Weirdly enough, had less PTSD than Buffy. But what he does have is uh, a very specific knowledge of explosives, which the show will reference a lot. And I bring this up because... Anytime somebody needs military knowledge, they literally like, oh, hey, Xander, remember that time you were a soldier at Halloween? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's great. It's like great. we do, like we do to each other when we're like taking the piss. But yeah, but they know, but, but really, yeah, but they mean it. And Xander's like, oh, yeah, like code military code E4 F7. Yeah, no, I know that. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> He got he he got a chuck. He got chucked. If uh, if that reference is for anybody, barely another trope ripped yeah. off by the Umbrella Academy. Um, mm. Yeah, uh, there you go. Um, so the twist here is that the guy that owns the store actually knows Giles and calls him Ripper, Ooh. and uh, that's to be continued. Um, meanwhile, Buffy and Angel admit their feelings for each other, and they start legit dating. Um, while this is happening, the dead body of another man from Giles' past appears in Sunnydale, and we get Giles' dark past. 
Is that the name? Or no? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought that you. <laughs> I thought it was the name Giles Dark Past. Like Dark gotcha. Past was the <laughs> last <laughs> name. My we bad. get Giles apostrophe Dark Past TM. Giles is um, Dark so, Past. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So Giles informs the gang that he was a troubled teen. Um, he was very much a like chain smoking race car driving jazz listening jazz uh, listening miscreant dice throwing miscreant um except for he was a dice throwing miscreant that was super into demon shit and talks about how he and his friends in college would like literally get high from performing occult rituals but one day they actually accidentally summoned a demon into existence who murdered one of their friends by mistake bummer dude <laughs> he was the only person who did all the uh, satanic panic stuff yeah. that that <laughs> yeah. everyone was accused of in the 80s. Yeah. Don't 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 drink the blood of infants, kids. <laughs> season two's mid-season two-parter is all about Buffy and Angel's budding relationship. Um, so we find that Angel has some history with Spike and Drusilla, who have uh, who have been doing the big bad thing and like let's cause some mischief for Buffy, y'all. <sighs> yeah. Um, Angel admits to Buffy that Angel turned both of them back uh, to vampires in the old days. So Spike was like his protege, uh, but Drusilla was like way more fucked up. So Angelus was a monster by all accounts, but specifically like Angelus's thing is he would torture all his victims before just killing them. He would play with them. And Drusilla was like his, his, his draft, his rough draft of that. So Drusilla was a high society noble um, he, Angel, one lusted over Drusilla and uh, captured her and hypnotized her and then, like, brutally murdered, massacred her entire family in front of her, which, like, kind of fucked her up before turning her into a vampire. Sure. Yeah, it might. Um, might in that. his words, he, dr- he drove her insane. And that's what she's like, oh, hello. She does this, like, she has this voice throughout the whole thing. Like, she's like, come play with us forever. Like, yeah. She's, she's noticeably weird the whole episode or the whole season. Uh, let's see here. Um, meanwhile, a new slayer appears in Sunnydale. Her name is Kendra. She doesn't have a picture because she's not very important. But um, we <laughs> we see this because we're like, oh, this is weird because we because the opening credits tell us that there's only one slayer per generation. Giles is like, oh, Kendra must have been called when Buffy died briefly at the hands of the master for those mm, se- those oh, seven seconds. Yeah, and calling is like, it's an it's. Again, the, the the there is no like established lore. The series plays fast and loose with like how these slayers get their powers or whatever. Right. But like once you're called, like that's it. You have the powers. You're you're the slayer. Like that's that's it. Gotcha. Um. So Kendra's like now hanging out, and we got we got two slayers, and like cool, great. Um. Meanwhile, Willow meets a boy during a school aptitude exam. His exam. His name is Oz, and he's played by Seth Green. So this is how we got Seth Green. Cool. And Seth Green plays. <laughs> how we got Seth Green. <laughs> Seth Green plays Seth Green as himself. Like he's just Seth Green as Seth Green. He's Image Nineteen. Oz plays lead guitar in a band. Um, this is the band that most regularly plays at the Bronze uh, and, and will for the next couple of seasons. Um, his band is called Dingoes Ate My Baby. Okay. And this is Rough. this is yeah. This is the uh, the real life band Four Star Mary. So Oz is Oz and Oz. Um, Seth Green played lead guitar in like a bunch of tracks on the soundtrack sure huh um that's that's it so that's Oz. so he's part of the gang now all right well he will be soon he will be soon um an assassin who's made of bugs traps xander and cordelia who i should mention cordelia is 100 <laughs> in the group um but this is a bug man 
he traps he traps Xander and Cordelia in in this in their room inside of an abandoned house. So of course they kiss under the panic of death, and they thus begin the rest of their arc, which is their hate lust for each other. Oh, oh nice, good. yeah, cool. Um, their relationship is really good. I mean, not good, <laughs> but like really fucking funny. Yeah. Um, also, there's a line where um when when Buffy saves them from the bug person, she goes to Xander. She's like. Geez, Xander, you and bug people. <laughs> it's like really good. It's really funny. Um, let's see here. Uh, Spike. So this is all like the same episode. Uh, Spike captures Angel and plans on extracting his life force to power Drusilla back to normal. And that's like that's his whole plan. Um, fortunately, Buffy and new Slayer Kendra get there in time to kick Spike's ass and save Buffy's vampire boyfriend. And that whole art, that whole story is like. Buffy trying to get the very no-nonsense Kendra to be cool with going to save a vampire. Like, no, he's, he's chill, I promise. Um, we get an episode simply named Ted. And this might be <laughs> the best, one of the best episodes. So Buffy's mom brings home her new boyfriend, who just so happens to be played by John Ritter, R.I.P. Good man, okay. Yeah. Um, everybody loves Ted, except for Buffy, obviously. Because she doesn't want her mom to be dating anybody. Yeah. But Buffy expects Buffy suspects that something is off. Um, that suspicion is confirmed when Ted threatens her during a very friendly game of putt putt, and he's like, "I'm gonna beat your ass." Like it's like very like cartoonish threatened. Yeah. Like, yeah. Holy shit. Buffy then spies on Ted at his work and just can't seem to find any smoking gun. You know, he's like he is a perfect employee. Like there's there's nothing wrong. Um, that is until Ted shows up in her room that night and starts and just like hits her upside smacks her upside the face again remember this is buffy she's a superhero she's gonna be fine but she's yeah. like she says something like that's what i needed and just <laughs> punches john ritter a lot incredible <laughs> except she punches john ritter so much that she kills john ritter oh no oh yeah she 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 kicks him and he falls down the stairs and this man is dead and Buffy is just like, holy shit, this is kind of fucked up. I just committed manslaughter. I just killed TV's John Ritter. <laughs> I just killed you, oh man. Um, and, and Buffy's mom is like, what the fuck did you do? You know, like, it's it's like kind of a mess. Buffy's mom is like, did you just kill TV's John Ritter? <laughs> did you just kill TV's John Ritter? <laughs> um, but of course, like Willow and Xander, ever the, ever the faithful best friends, investigate Ted and don't worry, guys. They find an abandoned house complete with four other Ted's. Oh, neat. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And then Ted shows up at Buffy's house later and he's like, oh, no, I'm fine. Except for he's like, oh, no, I'm f- 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 fine. Good. Because John Ritter is actually a robot. <laughs> and in image 20, we get to see John Ritter robot. Oh, man. John Ritter with, with Terminator makeup. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the payoff is so worth it it's so worth it and even if you know it's coming it's so great um okay in the episode surprise we get more season arc um it's buffy's birthday and things with her and angel are hot and heavy um buffy confides in willow that she's ready to take it to the next level quote unquote um willow of course meanwhile is thinking a lot about oz who eventually asks her out so now we've got relationships Relationships abound in Sunnydale. Also, Giles and Jenny Callender have become a thing. Um, Jenny is the only other person at the school into the into the occult, and like they have formed a relationship. <laughs> the only other adult character with yeah. pathos and and we we don't have enough time. Jenny Jenny Callender is pretty cool. We don't have enough time to talk about her. So yeah, let's move on. Yeah, sure. Um, also, Cordelia and Xander just hook up in Janner's closets left and right. Love it. That's fun. So now we've got an extended Scooby gang. We've got 
Buffy. We've got Giles, Wander, Wander, and Zillow. <laughs> Xander and Willow. But we've wow, also Wander got Wander really got me. Sorry. <laughs> Wander and Zillow. But we've we've also got Cordelia, who's a full time member. We've got Miss Calendar. We've got Angel, and we've got Oz. So we've got a bigger group now. And all of them together plan a surprise birthday party for Buffy at, let's say it with me, the, the bronze. bronze. Uh. Um, unfortunately, the party doesn't go quite as expected because Buffy bursts in through a wall while fighting a vampire and like stakes him through the heart. And then he turns to dust. And Oz is like, did anybody else see that guy turn into <laughs> dust? And there's literally like they're doing the thing where Xander's like, right. Yeah. Vampires are real. Uh, we're yeah, in a big of a hell mouth. Uh, Willow will fill you in. Yeah, he, he does a he does a Seth Green. <laughs> well, that's Xander, but yeah, yeah. I know Seth Green yeah. did a Seth Green, that's, and they had yeah. to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 Oz is like, or, and Willow goes like, you may be surprised to hear this, but he's like, no, that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I've seen that clip. Like, okay, it, it's very, it's. Yeah. I think it was in a promo that's gone around. That's very Got like. It. it may surprise you to learn that high school is actually hell. No, it, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, like, that tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do get more insight into speaking of Jenny Calendar. Um, we get in more insight into Miss Calendar, who, while talking to her uncle of questionable European descent, um, <laughs> mentions how she was supposed to be following Angel, and it's revealed that Miss Calendar is actually a descendant of the Romani family that originally cursed Angel. And she was sent into Sunnydale to keep tabs on him. Oh. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Yeah. Um, Drusilla and Spike, who Spike is now in a wheelchair after the last fight, um, are attempting to combine the scattered remains of the judge, a kind of like Exodia-like demon who has, <laughs> who has the power to absorb life out of any mortal that comes near him. So um, Angel and Buffy fight off Drusilla and Spike while tracking down all of the judge pieces the, the right balls. and left arm of Exodia, the Dragon Balls. <laughs> Good, yeah. And uh, there's literally like steel cases of like the judge's left arm. <laughs> and uh, after the fight, uh, they the two retreat back to his, or yeah, Buffy and Angel retreat back to his place. Um, Angel gives Buffy a Clawdaw ring. If you know anything about that, it's like a little crown with a heart. It's like an Irish thing. Mm. Cool. Um, this is her her birthday present. It's kind of like he's. It's like he's giving her a promise ring, you know. And then the two have sex for the first time. Ah, man. Um, which is a big deal for Buffy, and the show treats it with kind of enough. <laughs> it's not yeah. like, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, they're adults, I guess. Like, fine, whatever. Uh, but the big twist here is that the episode ends with Angel waking up post-coitus, and he's like, oh, God, oh, no. And he runs out in the street, and he's like, he's doing the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. Um, a random woman walks by, and she's like, oh, my God, are you all right? And he goes, and he just like straight up eats her. <laughs> And then he and then he looks at the camera with his vampire face. He's like, never been better. Executive producer Joss Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> so Angel's bad guy now. That's good. That's yeah, it is, it's good really stuff. it is really good. It's really good. Yep. And this is why I say like the best David Boreanaz as Angel is Angel being bad guy because he yeah, actually gets yeah. to be like have a character and not just kind of like oh Buffy. I'm so sad about all the things I've done in my life. Yeah. 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 Um, so Angel Angel sh shows back up at Spike and Drusilla's and he's like, hey, I'm bad now. Let's fuck shit up. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, they're like, cool, let's do it. So Angel's back to his old vampire ways and the three of them finish uh, the vampire Exodia. Um, Willow, meanwhile, catches Xander and Cordelia making out, um, which leads to them having to out themselves and just be like a legitimate couple. Uh, Buffy catches up with Angel, who's just a real dick, and this is the high school as hell thing because, like, again, Buffy lost her virginity to Angel, and he immediately is like, 
it's cool, babe. It was fine. I got a jet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the rest of the gang is at the library trying to find the remaining Exodia piece when Angel appears and attacks Willow. So now everybody knows that Angel's been um, Angel's bad now. Um, Buffy fights off Angel, who flees the school laughing because he's a bad guy. The gang do more research and realize that what happened was it was because Buffy and Angel had sex that triggered the curse to be lifted. Oh, of course. Miss Calendar. Yep. Miss Calendar confirms one moment of true happiness will dispel the curse. Oh, <laughs> man. That, that post not clarity will really get you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Miss oh, Calendar. By, that's really it's funny. really it's really good. It's really good. That's what that's what the rose was in Beauty and the Beast. It was post nut clarity. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miss um, Calendar confirming this also confirms that she knew about this, and and her connection confirms her connection to the curse. And the rest of them are like, "Well, fuck off! You betrayed us, or whatever." Sure. Um, because everybody immediately takes Angel's side and not Miss Calendar's. Uh, the Scooby Gang prepares for the coming of the Judge by hand, by having Xander and Cordelia sneak into a military base, and this is where that callback comes, where he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember." Or no, he does something. He's like, he goes up to a soldier and he's like, "Soldier, don't you remember uh, Rule eighty eight something?" Yeah. He's like, "You're supposed to be on this side of the fence," and the soldier's like, "Oh okay, sir." <laughs> and Cordelia is like, "Ooh, that's so sexy. You know military shit." And he's uh. like, "Yeah, babe." <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's cool and this is the first of several times that they're going to have Xander draw on magical military knowledge for the plot <laughs> neat <laughs> um, Buffy and gang head off Angel, Spike and Drusilla inside a crowded mall who they're now ready to absorb souls with a now assembled judge um, the judge is like this big Frankenstein monster and he's like mm, mortal weapons can't hurt me and then we see Buffy pull out a bazooka yes <laughs> hell yes and, Image 21 is the greatest shot that's ever been shot where um, Buffy goes, that was then, this is now, and just fires a rocket launcher inside of a crowded mall. Good. I love it. And then it. Joss Whedon excused himself to his trailer for, for two hours yeah. to get a quick rose from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And... and <laughs> yeah, it, it was one moment of true happiness. <laughs> and... and Buffy saves the day by way of explosion. <laughs> Question. And, yeah. Where where'd she procure the bazooka? That's what Xander and Xander stole it in the military base. Oh, okay. Oh, because okay. he's got magical military knowledge. Yeah. yeah gotcha. Right, right, gotcha. Right, yeah. Right. Cool. Um, so I mentioned Oz as part of the gang. Um, in the next episode, Phases, Oz learns that he's a werewolf. Oh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> But like it's chill. Everyone's pretty cool with it. They're like, "Oh, that's weird." Anyway, um, he's, he's like he's like the group dog now. Yeah, kind of. I mean, chill werewolf, bro. It's chill werewolf, bro. So like, well, he was like kind of. So there's a scene where he calls. <laughs> he, we see him. He's like, "Hey, Aunt Jenny, or whatever." He's like, "Aunt Jenny, um, weird question. Is yours? Is my cousin a werewolf? Yeah. Okay, just wondering." Is like, this, that's the that's the conversation. Is this how is this how the Scooby Gang gets their their Scooby Doo it, their proverbial Scooby Doo? Yeah, I don't know that it's that on the nose. I'm sure okay. somebody probably was like, Haha. Um, <laughs> the whole bit with Oz as a werewolf is they're like, look, you know, you haven't hurt anybody. It's fine. They they find out the episode is them finding out he hasn't hurt anybody. So like, it's yeah, fine. Sure. so we yeah. can still we can still cheer for him. But the whole thing is like Willow and Xander and the rest of the team 
um, keep him locked up in the library three mo- three days out of the month. And like, that's it. And it's fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The episode Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered is another Xander episode. And Xander <laughs> episodes are the best episodes. Um, so... <laughs> So Cordelia uh, freaks out and breaks up with Xander over the public shame of them dating. Um, in retaliation, Xander approaches resident witch Amy. Remember Amy from episode three? Yeah. Um, and he yeah. asks her for a love spell, but he wants to make it a love spell, a reverse love spell to make it so that he's not into Cordelia anymore. So it hurts less. Okay. Um, Amy, Amy agrees to do the love spell. Um, but after a couple of weird encounters the next day, it turns out that the spell played out backwards in that every woman in town falls deeply in love with Xander, except Cordelia. Oh, beans. <laughs> so it's really That's good. It's really funny. Yeah, it's funny. And so hilarity ensues as everyone, including like Miss Calendar, Buffy's mom, are like oh, awesome. They turn in they turn into an angry mob like fighting each other because it's like, if I can't have you, nobody will. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Andrew, uh, is this is good. this the Valentine's Day episode? It probably is. I, I don't I'm not looking at dates, but I'm sure it is. Okay. Um at the height of Miss Calendar and Giles' relationship, Miss Calendar spends her time secretly looking for a way to restore Angel's soul. Um and after exclaiming to a dark room of no one late at night that she's found it, Angel appears and murders her. Oh so beans. That's, oh. that's a series wrap on Miss Calendar. The back half, the back nine of season two continues with Angelus antagonizing both Buffy and Spike who I will remind you has been in a wheelchair this whole time. So Spike's whole deal is like, yeah, I got my buddy back. But now like Angel's like emasculating Spike in front of Drusilla. And Drusilla's like totally into Angel because they're all evil. So Spike's like, fuck you, mate. Um, Because he's British. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, So the season concludes with two-parter Becoming, which is one of the highest rated episodes in Buffy's history and, and really like cements the future of the series. Um, Becoming begins with some more Angel backstory. So we see his monstrous past as Angelus and revealing that he actually knew Buffy before she came to Sunnydale. So some mysterious good-natured demon showed up in Brooklyn in 1992 and was like, hey, hey, friend, what you doing here? And it's like Angel like kind of like eating rats living in the, the in the alleyways. <laughs> okay. And he's like, you can be a better person. And uh, he takes him to LA in 1996 to look at Buffy outside of a tree and is like, that's the next Slayer, chum. And uh, that's Angel's oh. backstory. All right. So um, so Angel's like, I love her. And that's Angel's backstory. That's the, <laughs> that's the deal. Um, Willow finds a floppy disk because it's 1998. <laughs> of course. Um, a floppy disk containing the information that Miss Calendar had compiled about restoring Angel's soul. And resolves to attempt the spell. Um, because I may I remind you that Miss Calendar was a techno pagan. <laughs> Which we still have not defined. Uh, pagan being the second half of that term. Yeah. Um, Giles tells Willow no, but Willow's like, oh no, it's been cool because I've been practicing witchcraft while I've been filling in on Miss Calendar's cl- class. Because another weird thing is the principal didn't want to hire a new teacher to replace Miss Calendar. So it was just like, hey, Willow, you could just teach this class now. What you budget know, cuts? Am I right? You know how you do. <laughs> Um, so on the side, she's been teaching herself witchcraft. So now Willow's a witch. Neat. All right. Neat. Um, Angel and Buffy have a showdown in the graveyard, which is revealed to have been a big plot, a ploy to separate her from her friends. 
Buffy returns to the library to see Willow um, unconscious from trying to do the spell and it failing. Um, Xander is Matt is hurt pretty bad. Giles is gone and Kendra the Slayer is dead. Oh yeah, Kendra's been back this episode, but she's dead. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about her. Wow, all right. Angel and Drusilla's big plan is to have Angel channel the energy of some ancient demon and open a portal to hell. This is a different portal to hell. This is not the hell mouth. It's a different portal to hell, you guys. <laughs> the hell anus, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, Buffy, after finding Kendra's body, is immediately stopped by the police who suspect her as the, the culprit, um, realizing she can't explain to them that she's a vampire slayer and that these were vampires. She does the other option, which is punching the cops in the face and running off. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Buffy's always good. Love it. So Buffy's running from the cops. She's also tracking down Angel's location. During all this, she runs into Spike, who shows up and he's like, hey, bruv, let's let's do a truce, mate. (laughs) All right. You know how British people are? Yeah. Because Spike is funny and likable, we're like, yeah, cool. Spike and Buffy. All right. Sweet. Um, He gets his anti-hero arc now. (laughs) Yeah, he gets his anti. He's kind of like the Venom. Um, Spike tells Buffy that He'll help her take down Angel if she agrees to let him and Drusilla ride off together in the sunset and leave forever. Mm. And Buffy's like, yeah, fine, whatever. Why not? Whatever. Unfortunately for Buffy, she's now wanted by the cops, and of course her mother is made aware. So at a certain point, she also gets expelled from school. So a lot of shit happens to Buffy very quickly. Um, and she she goes home at one point to like get her stuff, and Buffy's mom is like, what the fuck's going on? Like, you're not talking to me. Like, I'm really worried. And Buffy's like, I have to go save the world. And she's like, yeah, I have to go save the world. If you leave, you're never like, you're not welcome back. Oh, okay. And Buffy's sure. like, fuck you. I'm, I'm fine. I'm gone. And she doesn't come back. So um, Buffy leaves in search of Angel and Giles because Giles is still missing. Um, meanwhile, Willow is at the hospital. She attempts again a second time to restore Angel's soul, this time with Xander and Cordelia with her. So, the final showdown of Season 2 concludes in Angelus's new base of operations. Buffy appears seemingly alone, but of course we know that it's secretly with Spike. She fights off Angel and successfully saves Giles, and then Spike, and then Giles along with Spike and Drusilla escape. And then we get a kick-ass sword fight between Buffy and Angel, uh, which is awesome, and it <laughs> culminates in Buffy pinning Angel to the statue of this demon that he's about to channel. Um, but, right as Buffy is about to kill Angel... Willow's spell takes hold and Angel's soul is restored. And he's like, oh, Buffy, okay. what's happening? <laughs> and and she's, you know, and it's it's a touching moment. She's like, oh my God, Angel. But he's he's his blood has already started dripping into the statue, and that's the magical seal that unseals the demon or whatever. And Buffy's like, Angel, I love you. I'm sorry. And then thrusts a sword in his chest. And he's like, Oh, um, <laughs> I love you too. And uh, and then he gets sucked into a portal to hell. Neat. Nice. And that's it. So Buffy leaves, and season two ends with Buffy leaving town without anyone's knowledge. And uh, we get our cliffhanger. So we're going to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about season three and then the extended Buffyverse. Stay with us. These movies are hot. My name is T2756. Would you like to have sex with me now for money? You know what? Honestly, cool. These movies are bloody. It's feeling a lot braver before I knew there was going to be murder and then threats of murder. Oh, yeah. I mean, you didn't think you could go to Texas Instruments without murdering someone, did you? These movies are audio only. Worst Movies Ever Played is back with three new VHS movies for your ears. Anything can happen in this actual play RPG podcast. 
and we mean anything. What did you build that went so poorly a while back? Oh, I tried to build a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it also became a libertarian. Those worthy of freedom do not beg for it. They simply take it. Oh, this is a super bummer. Subscribe to Worst Movies Ever Played wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, and we're back. Let's talk season three. So season one ended on kind of a high note. The monster was slain and everyone kind of went back to normal. Season two ended on a pretty low note with Angel being sucked into hell um, and Buffy leaving town. Buffy's relationships with her friends, with her mom are like pretty, pretty rough at this point. And uh, season three opens with Buffy working in a diner. Uh, she's working as a waitress under the name Anne. And and oh. and she's like living in some like very like Blade Runner ass like rat trap <laughs> skid row city. Like it's unclear what city she's in. It's probably L.A., but like the part of L.A. outside of L.A.X. like the real skid row L.A. Yeah, the part of every city that what every Republican thinks a city is like. Yeah, yeah. It's the exactly. quote bad part of town. It's yeah, the quote bad yeah. part of town. Um, while as Anne, she uncovers a plot where some dude running a shelter for unhoused youths is actually enslaving them to work in his mine that's located in a pocket dimension. Well, neat that he figured out how to mine natural resources from a pocket dimension. <laughs> yeah, that's, cool. that's just capitalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so she's like, well, shit's fucked everywhere and heads back to Sunnydale. Um, so and then she patches things up with her mom and her friends. Um, part of patching things up with her mom, though, is telling her mom about everything and, and revealing her real identity. And uh, there's a there's a a moment where her mom is like in a very much like a like a coming out to your parent where the parents like, oh, well, like, have you thought about not being the Slayer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Have you thought about not being a mutant scene? And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that. But it's good. But but eventually mom comes around and, and she's very supportive. Um, things go back to oh wait yeah things go back to a sort of normal. Um, Buffy is unexpelled after some some work with the the school board, and she's back for her senior year. Until that is, another new Slayer comes to town, and uh, image twenty two is Faith, played by Eliza Dushku, who would later go on to star in Joss Whedon's Dollhouse, among other things. Uh, ah, I haven't uh, seen that one. Yeah. Um, Faith is tough, she's feisty, and she's got a thick Boston accent. I almost said a thick Boston accent. You did. You sure did. You absolutely did. A thick Boston accent. Uh, she's on the run from a demon who murdered her watcher. Because may I remind you, every Slayer has a watcher. Sorry, hold on, pause. Wait, no. Yeah. Question about the logistics of the organization. Every Slayer has a watcher. Yes. Comma. There's only one Slayer per generation. But there was that second Slayer, and now she died. So. Oh, there's only one Slayer like per zip code per generation. No, no, no. It, it was only one Slayer, but you don't like... when Slayers don't live very long, and when a Slayer dies, a new Watcher is assigned. Like It's not like there's one Watcher who's reassigned to each Slayer. Okay, sure. All right. Yeah. And then also, like, so we got that loophole in season one where Buffy died for seven seconds, so a new yeah. Slayer was named. Yeah. yeah. And, and then she died, so they have to replace her now as yep. per the rules. Yep. Got it. Um, yep. Those are the rules. We can't, we have to abide by them. So now there will just forever be two Slayers, I guess. Yeah. Pretty much. 
So um, unless both of them die simultaneously, hard to say. So uh, together, they, they take down the demon and Faith is approved to stay in Sunnydale long term as the newest addition to the Scooby gang. So now we have two Slayers. Neat. Cool. That won't be a problem. No, that won't <laughs> ever come up again. Nope. Um, later, a student is found, found mauled to death and the gang fears that it was Oz. Um, this happens to be remembering the like, hey, everybody, remember that Oz is, is werewolf and like yeah. we just kind of brush past that. Um, turns out it wasn't Oz. It was a feral angel who is definitely back from hell and also not a bad guy, but also can't speak. He's like quite literally feral. Oh, huh. um, okay. but also it wasn't angel. Don't worry. He's still good. It was a different student who was just turning himself into a monster using a potion. But the thing to keep to take away from this is angel is back. Angel's been gone for two episodes or three episodes. <laughs> oh. A season break and three episodes. Yeah. yeah, but 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 as we learned in episode one, that pocket dimension was actually a pocket dimension to hell, and hell is timey wimey. So we don't know how long mm. Angel was in hell, but it was probably for for centuries. Which this timey wimeyness comes up ten years later in Angel in the in the story where Angel has a son who is played by Mad Men's Vincent Carthizer. And, oh wow! And Vincent Carthizer is the story is like he was born in Earth, uh, born on Earth, and then got trapped in Hell and aged really quickly, and then showed up as an adult. Okay. So okay. This is weird lore that just sticks. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it. Yeah. It's it's tied up enough, right? You know, like you don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to justify it too far for me to get there on this shit. This isn't the kind of show where I where mm -hmm. I. Well, yeah, you don't. Pick. You don't need. Yeah, you don't need to argue uh, theoretical physics. Yeah, you tell me. You tell me this is why it happened. Sounds about right. Yeah. So Angel's back. Um, days leading up to their senior year homecoming dance, Buffy gets real weird about wanting to win homecoming queen because this is like Buffy's a teenager. Every once in a while, she's like, "I want to be a teenager." Yeah. Um. So she campaigns against Cordelia to win homecoming queen, um, creating a rift in the gang. Uh, so they all concoct a plan to trap Buffy and Cordelia together uh, in the limo ride to Homecoming. But of course, that ride is interrupted by a group of Slayer hunters who declare it to be Slayer Fest 98. <laughs> Not to be confused with a music festival for the band Slayer. Um, <laughs> this, this Slayer Fest 98 involves a bunch of weirdos hunting Buffy and Cordelia, thinking Cordelia is Faith. Sure. Um, also, during this lead up, Xander and Willow make out because they're getting ready for homecoming together and they're both like, I've never seen you like an adult. All right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> cool. So since discovering Angel's been back, Buffy's been secretly nursing him back to health. And eventually, like, he goes from speaking to saying to not speaking to saying words to doing a lot of Tai Chi to like being Angel. <laughs> cool. All right. There's a lot of weird Tai Chi in there. I don't know. We want me to do it. Hey, man. Whatever it takes. Have you never had sexy Tai Chi with your vampire boyfriend? Because may, may I tell you, highly recommend. <laughs> do do recommend. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's an episode where the Halloween store guy comes back, um, but this time he sells weird chocolate bars to the adults in Sunnydale, which turn all of them into horny teenagers, um, which is really fun. There's a scene where there's a, a bit like a, a B plot is Giles and Buffy's mom like hook up like and they rob our liquor store and hook up in his car. <laughs> nice. All right. Okay. Jo Joss Whedon's really uh, telling on himself a lot <laughs> in this show, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, since restoring Angel's soul, Willow, meanwhile, has been actively practicing witchcraft. And like that's her thing now. Um, she tells Buffy she can levitate a pencil real good. And this is where we really get that Allison Hannigan character. Yeah. Chekhov, Chekhov's pencil. Yeah, yeah. It's Chekhov's pencil indeed, Kyle. Uh <laughs> Because guess what's wood and can stake through, oh. a, drive through a vampire's uh, heart. Andrew, yeah. you don't need to tell me what's wood if you're going to be driven through a vampire's heart. <laughs> We've all seen zombie movies. We've all seen zombie movies. Uh, so this, of course, comes to a head when Spike arrives back in town, a shell of his former self. So Spike is back, y'all. And uh, boy, howdy, he's funnier and weirder than ever before. <laughs> um, he, he approaches Willow and he's like, he's just drunk the whole time. And he's like, um, I want you to cast a love spell on me to get Drusilla back because she, I want her to love me again. Because it's revealed that Drusilla, like, so when he escaped with Drusilla after the end of season two, she immediately was like, fuck you, you you're a coward and you, you, know, you betrayed Angel um, and left like immediately. Uh, so <laughs> Willow, Willow's like, well, I need time and materials to, to do the spell. Like I need, I have Newt and whatever other stuff. So he's like, that's cool, um, but I'm going to kidnap you and Xander and does that. <laughs> so he kidnaps her and Xander and traps them in an abandoned factory. But like the thing is, he forgets about it. <laughs> like he just like he has no intention of killing Willow. He just like isn't thinking and straight up forgets <laughs> that they're in there. He's got the memory of a goldfish and yeah, incredible. So, wants to there's plot a, as well yeah so there's a bit so like meanwhile like buffy and angel are doing the like no we can be friends it's fine like if we don't bang and if we're just cool with each other like you won't turn bad again and it's gonna be fine and and spike shows up and he's like what you lot are trying to be friends pish posh that's that's straight <laughs> rubbish um he's like you'll never be friends like you can't you can't fight love 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 defines us and then while like giving this like weird speech about love he's like you know what by dad gummit i'm gonna go get drusilla back myself i don't need any magic and then just leaves and he's like oh yeah your friends are in the warehouse they're fine <laughs> like all right so willow and xander don't know that buffy and angel are coming to find them so they're like well i guess we're gonna die which there's been this like weird sexual tension between them since homecoming. So they make out. And of course, while they're making out Buffy and Angel and Cordelia and Oz all miraculously find them um, mounted. Weird parallel to a scene in Age of Ultron, actually. I'm telling you, man, best movie ever. <laughs> um, but like what does happen is um cordelia is like cordelia and oz like immediately leave and they're like no wait it's not what you think even though it totally it's is, super is cordelia yeah. cordelia falls through a staircase as an imp and is impaled through the chest oh shit dude yeah oh yeah so the next scene we see this they do this thing where we see the funeral like there's a funeral happening and you're like holy shit cordelia died and then the ki the gang walks by and they're like so yeah so cordelia's gonna be fine right <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. That man. rules. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, she's in the hospital. She'll be fine. Good, <laughs> incredible. But but the what the resolution is is Cordelia is done with Xander, like because like obviously, right. Meanwhile, Willow is like trying to win back Oz. So Cordelia, like I said, Cordelia is fine. She's out of the hospital. She's done with Xander. She's so done with Xander that she accidentally confides in this other woman at the school who turns out to be a thousand year old genie in the body of a high school girl. Her name is Anya. 
Cordelia is basically like, well, I never would have met Xander. I never would have got mixed up in that in that freak show if if Buffy Summers had never come to town. I wish Buffy Summers had never come to Sunnyvale. And Anya turns around and she's like, wish granted. Boom. Her wish is granted and we get a bottle episode or we get an alternate reality episode. Oh, okay. Uh. Yeah. Cordelia finds herself in this new world where Buffy never arrived in Sunnydale. And because Buffy never came to Sunnydale, the master took over to town and Sunnydale is overrun with vampires. There's a scene where Cordelia is in class and there are six kids <laughs> because everybody's dead or vampires. Holy oh, shit. That's kind of yeah. okay. Yeah. It's, it's messed up. So, um, Cordelia goes to the bronze and it's like it's overrun with vampires and we see uh, Xander and Willow have been are also sexy vampires in image 23. Nice. And these are these are um, uh, alternate reality Xander and Willow. Um, Cordelia gets straight up killed by vampires like halfway through the episode. So the rest of the alternate reality plays out with um, so Cordelia is like saying like we just need to find Buffy. We just need to find Buffy. And everyone's like what's a Buffy? Um, So Giles... Uh. Giles seeks out Buffy because he's like, oh, she's the Slayer. And then we get like a, an ass kicking Buffy where like she like takes out her cigarette and like, <laughs> you know, she's like, who am I going to kill? She's got a crossbow and she's like, who am I going to kill you nerds? Yeah. And uh, that's fun. <laughs> and uh, um, let's see. Uh, so so Giles eventually reverses the wish by destroying Anya's pendant that Cordelia was wearing. So that's a fun alternate reality episode. Angel gets slowly introduced back to the gang as one life-saving stunt after another, cools them on all the fucked up shit he did while as Angelus. So on the evening of Buffy's 18th birthday, she begins to notice her powers are gone. And this is the beginning of the, the third season arc. This is revealed to be the work of Giles at the request of the Watcher Council as part of some like 18th birthday rite. Um, Buffy is supposed to be put into a situation where she has to fight off a vampire without her powers. And of course, like feels betrayed by Giles because at this point, Giles is like a surrogate father to her. Giles doesn't want to do this, but he feels like he has to. Otherwise, like he'll be, you know, let go or whatever. But he can't bear to leave Buffy out to die. So he attempts to aid her, which does get him booted from the council. So this is a like a like adulthood ritual for yeah. Slayers thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. It's the, we're going to drive you out in the middle of the woods and you have to find your way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so in Giles' place, the council sends a new watcher whose name is Wesley Wyndham Price. Wesley Snipes. Yeah, he's not Wesley Snipes. <laughs> he's he's a bookish nerd. And he's portrayed by Alexi Denisoff, who is Allison Hannigan's real-life husband. They, they, oh. they, met, they met and, uh, yeah, they met and got married after he's, being on the um, show together. Sandy Rivers in How I Met he's Your Sandy Mother. Rivers in How I Met Your Mother. Yep. <laughs> nice. Yep. So Wesley is image 24. We get another Xander episode um, in which he deals with the stark realization that now that because Willow is a witch, we've got Faith and Angel as the two ass-kicking slayers. Oz is a werewolf. Um, that he is the only group's normie. And he literally says, I'm the Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which is really good. That is really good. If you were going to tell me... Yeah. Joss Whedon coined the term normie in this episode. I was going <laughs> to no, quit. No, yeah. I'm going to quit the podcast. No, no. And then this is like one of the best Cordelia episodes because every once in a while she comes in. She's like, hey, Jimmy, what's up? <laughs> she's just like <laughs> tormenting him. It's really funny. Um, so Xander's like, I'm going to, I'm my new identity is like, I'm going to be the car guy. I'm going to be wheels. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he buys this like classic car. He doesn't know how, not know how to drive it. And through an unfortunate series of events, invert inadvertently ends up helping four sentient zombies rob a hardware store. Wow! I mean, 
<laughs> Whomst among us. Right. right? Um, and then has to defuse a bomb in the basement of the school. Okay. It's, it's good. Uh, in the mid-season episode, Bad Girls, we see Buffy emulating Faith in all her reckless actions and disregard for safety. This culminates in Faith accidentally stabbing just like a normal dude with a stake, thinking he's a vampire, and just the man bleeds out and dies. Oops. Oh. And like, this fucks, them, this fucks Buffy up, but Faith seems unfazed. Um, this introduces our big bad for season three, the mayor of Sunnyvale. Oh, no. <laughs> Sunnydale. It was bureaucracy the whole time. Yeah. So, so this is where the show really starts to play with the, the lore of the town where like people are now like, we can only do gas leak for so long. And, and they've made a lot of notes of like, boy, we have a lot of fatalities in this school, right? You can only, you can only lose so many days of memory to a gas leak before you start questioning what's going on. So there, there's been a couple nods to this point where like some, some suited weirdo will show up at the school and tell principal Snyder, like the mayor thanks you for your discretion, like that kind of thing. Mm, okay, yeah. But this is really starting to play with the, the lore of Sunnyvale. Sunnydale, Jesus, sorry. Sunnydale. Um, Sunnyvale is a real place. Sunnydale is not. So we learn that there is a reason why Sunnydale has all this paranormal activity, and part of it is because the mayor straight up signed a blood pact with a demon 100 years ago. <laughs> what the shit? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Also, he's, uh, also, he can't get hurt. He's invulnerable. Uh, because of that blood pact. Okay. And the okay. mayor is very aware of the town's vampire problem to the extent of which like a lot of the people that work for him are vampires and has been orchestrating <laughs> trouble for Buffy and Faith behind the scenes for years. Gotcha. All right. So after Buffy and team have successfully un- attempted to reach out to Faith several times, the episode ends with her approaching the mayor and being like, you have an opening. I want in. So now the mayor and Faith are like teaming oh. up together to 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 kill Buffy. All right. Um. Hey guys, remember that one thousand year old genie in the form of a teenage girl? She's back, and uh, she asks Willow and the other witch Amy, who's who's around conveniently, to magically retrieve her pendant. Remember the pendant that was broken in the alternate reality? Mm-hmm. Um. Willow has obviously has no idea, and so they're like, okay, cool. They accidentally summon the alternate reality vampire version <laughs> of Willow. Oh. Um yeah, and hijinks ensue because Willow gets to see this like oversexed version of herself. It's fun. Sure. All right. Uh Faith has been secretly working with the mayor, like I said, trying to undo Buffy from the inside. So her first plan to do so is making Angel lose his soul again. Because you kill Angel, you kill Buffy. And so she's gotta bang Angel, right? Like that's how it <laughs> works. So she first tries to seduce Angel. Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, but it fails because Angel's a good, good boy and would never do that to Buffy. Um, her backup plan is to hire a mysterious ninja monk guy to magically extract Angel's soul from his body and then set up a scenario where Angel is being tortured and turn right, turn him back right in front of Buffy. That's the logical next step. Right. You yeah. know how you hire a ninja monk to... <laughs> yeah, as you do. Angel. Yeah. Um, Faith does get Angel alone in his ho- in his home and successfully tricks him into capture just in time for Buffy to arrive and see Angel's soul being ripped from his body. And he's like, I'm back, baby. Somebody stop me. Um, <laughs> except, except it's all a gambit. And at the last minute, Angel does the heel turn and, and reveals that this was a, this was a, a ruse the a whole setup. time. Yeah. It was yeah, a setup. Was a setup. A setup. 
Yeah. Um, and the two fight Faith back and they force her to retreat. And we learn that the ninja monk is just some dude that's friends with Giles. Like, he's just like, <laughs> nice to see you again. <laughs> oh, that rips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's a there's a beat there's a brief pause in the faith stuff where Buffy fights another like who cares demon and gains the power of telepathy via osmosis for a bit. Um, right. While Some unwittingly filler. Yeah, yeah. While unwittingly hearing every thought from her entire class, she stumbles across a, a plot by Doyle from Gilmore Girls because also <laughs> Doyle from Gilmore Girls is like a recurring character in this show, and he's just like the weird nerd who shows up. Okay. Good. Um. But, like, she finds out that Doyle from Gilmore Girls is, like, plans to shoot up the school, but he's going to do so with a sniper rifle, which is, like, okay. Um, but he actually isn't going to shoot. The The twist is he wasn't going to shoot up the school. He was just going to kill himself. Like, he was going to shoot himself, which is still also with a sniper rifle, which, like, doesn't really track, but, like, still serious. And it's, like, a nice moment where Angel or Buffy talks down Doyle from Gilmore Girls and saves his life. And this is image 25 with Doyle from Gilmore Girls with a sniper rifle. Okay. Excellent. That was for Kyle. That was for me. Um, meanwhile, the mayor is in full preparation for this event that he's calling the Ascension or his Ascension. Now, at this point, we don't know everything, but what we do know is that he apl- he plans on summoning powers from hell to become a demon himself. Now, he already has the invulnerability powers, but this would me- basically make him like a demigod, essentially. Um, also, the Ascension will be happening at graduation, of course. Right. Of course. Um, I will remind you that this is still the back nine of their senior year. So Buffy and friends are all considering their college and life decisions. Willow gets into nearly every Ivy League school. Um, Xander gets real into Jack Kerouac and wants to travel the country. Oh, and, of course. Uh, of course that, he does. That, that guy. <laughs> yeah, he is that guy. And Buffy considers leaving Sunnydale for after getting accepted into Northwestern. But ultimately resolves that she can't leave Sunnydale. She is the town's protector. She is kind of tied to this town for better or for worse um, because things like the mayor turning into a demon will never stop happening here. So she accepts that and she rolls into UC Sunnydale, Sunnydale, which is exists in this universe. Sure. All right. Um, Willow too decides that fighting vampires and saving people with witch stuff is actually more important to her than like school and decides to join Buffy at UC Sunnydale. Um, therein confirming, confirming season four. Um, don't worry, Oz is going to. So the whole gang so, is going to stay there. So what what you're telling me is um, WB didn't want to front the cost of a mm-hmm. college set. A we get a set college piece. set. We get a college set. Like UC Sunnydale is our college. Oh, set. Yeah. It's, just, it's their it's the it's their excuse for still being in town. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, but but notice how I didn't say Cordelia was staying around. Cordelia is leaving, oh. and this is our first setup for the spinoff. Oh, okay. So Angel and Buffy have been hotter on each other more and more, um, more, they're at, more than ever. And Angel is fully in, back in her life and back in the Scooby gang. Everyone's like, they're chill with Angel, it's fine. But there is this overarching tension, like, well, what's going to actually happen here, right? Like, it's cool, like, they're making out and it's fine now, but, like, Angel's immortal. And also, he's a vampire. They can't be out during the day. Like, they can't have sex because he will turn into a monster. Like, they're... There is a there's a limit. There's a glass ceiling for this relationship. Sure. And Buffy knows it. Angel knows it. Um, but really, this comes to a head when Buffy's mom just like shows up at Angel's place. And she's like, hey, like, what are you doing? You know, like and she's like, look, I like you and you're like, you're fine and whatever. But like, you're immortal, you know, because Buffy, Buffy's mom knows all the stuff now. She's like, Buffy will never leave. Like Buffy thinks that she's in love with you. And like, I don't care if you are or you aren't. But like, you need to leave. 
you know like you mm. need to let her live her life which like is rough but like cool on you mom like yeah. you're, she's right yeah so um yeah and angel knows mom is right but like again he's like but i'm sad and brooding um yeah and uh where this kind of comes to a head is like buffy is you know like she's writing in her journal like buffy and angel forever you know like i think <laughs> yeah like she literally has a journal that says buffy and angel forever like it's that but um so she's like already like i'm gonna ask angel to the prom it's cool because everybody ha- brings their older boyfriends everybody knows and, that uh, this guy that i hang out with is an immortal vampire anyway so yeah and it's fine like, <laughs> yeah. whatever um and angel she asks him to the prom and angel says no and he's also leaving town and they should break up sure so yeah. cut cut to the morning of the prom. Um, Xander gets invited by the genie Anya, um, who's now just a, a teenage girl. Um, the uh, Willow is back is with Oz. They've been back together, and Cordelia and Wesley have been making googly eyes at each other for the last couple episodes because Wesley's still around. Is Wesley not an adult? Like a he is. Like he does look like he's an adult. younger. It, he he is very much an adult. Um, the the show plays with this a little bit because they're like there's a seed where like Cordelia shows up and Wesley's like what do you teach madam and she's like oh I take history and Giles walks by she's eight she's a student man he's like oh <laughs> it's like it's kind of funny but so Wesley's very much like oh I can't I can't I can't uh. and then there's a point where Giles is like at the prom Giles is like she's 18 like it's fine just like don't be stop being weird so he's not that much older. Gotcha. Um, sure. Wesley also is a main character in Angel and will come back and be in like him and him and Cor- he and Cordelia are two main features of the Angel. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. In the gotcha. Yeah. So it's a little weird right now, but like the show is aware that it's weird. They'll, uh, they, yeah. And they're, they're blurring the lines now so they don't have to mm-hmm. address it at all in Angel. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. 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 Um, Except there's a scene where like they finally kiss and they're both like, "Oh, gross." Never mind. And like that's it. <laughs> um so so everyone is paired up except for Buffy, who's been broken up with and she's, you know, moping around. You know, she's gotten broke up with her heart's broken. Like she's she's bummed. But she's resilient and Buffy says, "Fuck it," and she decides to go to prom stag anyway. Um, except that she has to fight off a roving ba- band of zombie dog ghouls first uh, because some weird kid trained like a bunch of zombie do- dogs to only attack kids in dress clothes. Sure. All right. Sure. Yeah. Um, Buffy fights off the zombies and stops them short of breaching the door to the school gymnasium, successfully saving the prom. Um, she shows up super late to find all of her friends with their respective dates and just is very aware of how alone she is. Um, but this is when the student president and also Doyle from Gilmore Girls um, like comes up to the stage, pauses the event, and is like, hey, we have one more award that we wanted to present. Um, this is for Buffy Summers. And it's like, Buffy, we know what you're doing and like we see you and like we know that you like a lot of us wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And like we are presenting you with this award called Class Protector. And this is image 26. It's like the sweetest thing. Aww. They give her this like this nicely does like this little umbrella thing. Yeah. And, and she's like, she's crying and it's like, it's a nice moment. It's like them acknowledging nice. that like, Hey, like we know that you're doing stuff that we aren't aware of, but like we see you and it's cool. Um, just as the dance is closing, Angel appears and the, and the two share one last dance together before he disappears. Well, he's not disappearing yet. He's, they still have to, they still have to fight off the mayor at graduation. Right. <laughs> One week to graduation. Faith and the mayor are preparing for the ascension as we learn the full extent of the plan. 
The mayor is going to be the keynote speaker at graduation and plans on feeding the entire class population and the audience included to a band of vampires and demons during a conveniently placed solar eclipse because daylight vampires, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Moreover, the mayor plans on ascending to a true demon, which the show explains is markedly different than the diet demons that Buffy has faced so far. We're gonna we got renewed for a few more seasons, and we need a way to ramp it up. So we, yep. um, true demons now. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, in an effort to distract Buffy, because again, you kill Angel, you kill Buffy. Um, Faith shoots Angel in the chest with an arrow, particularly missing his heart. And that arrow we find is laced with a certain type of poison that starts to slowly kill Angel over time. Conveniently, we learn that the only way to cure Angel is with the blood of a slayer. Now, fortunately. There's one here in town that isn't Buffy. And so Buffy <laughs> full on prepares to murder this girl to, and feed her to her vampire boyfriend. I think that's fair. Given I mean, the right? circumstances. Given yeah. the circumstances. They play with it a little bit like Buffy. Are you ready to kill somebody? And she's like, yeah. Sure am. <laughs> like, I am. Yeah. Um, so Buffy confronts Faith in her expensive loft apartment that was purchased for her by the mayor. And the two have a sick fight to the death leading to Buffy punching Faith Faith to pretty much death. Um, Before Buffy can reclaim the body, though, Faith leaps off a balcony into a dumpster truck, a dump truck, presumed dead, like on impact. Okay. So with no other option and Angel close to death himself, Buffy forces Angel to suck her own blood, which nearly kills her. And we get this like really like off-putting scene of Angel sucking Buffy's blood. And it's like pretty grotesque and it's supposed to be. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and uh, Angel like immediately regains his health, um, but he's in like a blood craze, and uh, he rushes Buffy to the hospital, saying like, "Oh, she was bit by an animal." Okay, bye. <laughs> um, the like, I mean, what is he gonna say? The rest of the gang appears and is like, "Fuck off, dude! Like, you ate our friend. Like, fuck you." And then Angel dips out. Um, of course, in the next room over, we see Faith in there in a coma, lying in the back. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. It's the eve of graduation day. The full breath of the Scooby gang is here, including Cordelia even, and they are all preparing for the coming apocalypse. By seeing the mayor distraught over Faith at the hospital, Angel realizes that Faith represents the little humanity that the mayor has left and uh, resolves that that we can leverage that as weakness during his ascension. Graduation day approaches. The mayor steps up to the podium to begin reciting his speech as the eclipse begins. And before they know it, the mayor begins to change into a towering monstrosity in Image 27. Oh, he is and, a monstrosity. Yeah. Remember I said there was no CG in this show? I lied. Um, there's some. <laughs> this is some reboot-ass 90s CG being used. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, once you hit season four, you have CG budget for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't worry, because all the students are prepared. And then there's a scene where Xander yells, Now! And every student in, Sunnyd- in Sunnydale whips off their graduation gowns to reveal their arm to the teeth with medieval era weapons in image 28 sick oh, yeah. dude that I guy just straight up has a mace <laughs> yeah there's there's this like incredible battle where like you've got like the front line with like whips and maces and all kinds of like other wooden stuff um led by xander and angel and and then willow and oz are like leading archers from the back like fire they all have like <laughs> flaming crossbows <laughs> it's really it's very silly and great um, also, Principal Snyder gets eaten by the mayor in his demon snake form, so he's dead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the the big plan is Buffy attracts the the snake mayor's attention and leads him to the school library. He attracts his attention by mentioning Faith or whatever. Um, so he leads the the snake mayor to the school library, which Giles has filled to the brim with explosives. And sure, in in the most poetic Sunnydale fashion, graduation ends with a massive explosion as the school burns to the ground, taking Snake Mayor with it. Sick. Giving giving nineties yeah. nerds much needed catharsis over their yep. miserable high school graduation. Experience. Indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, everyone save for Snyder make it out alive, and they sit outside the school grounds watching firefighters put out the flaming wreckage of their school. Um, and then season three ends, and the spinoff begins with Angel catching like Buffy and Angel seeing each other uh, a crowded parking lot away, and they share one last longing glance before Angel disappears into the night. To go star in the spinoff CW's Angel. Angel. Yeah. The CW's Angel. That is all of the Buffy I watched. There are four more seasons, and man, I'm gonna watch the rest of it. But uh that'll give you a good that's a good um impression of the first half of Buffy, the high school year. So season four and beyond are Buffy in college. Um I mentioned Spike uh comes back. So Spike is a major player. Um Spike ultimately becomes uh Buffy's like major love interest, which is ironic for a lot of reasons but like people like spike and it's fine okay Um, okay yep um anya actually becomes a main character and is xander's main love interest um in starting in season four um so she sticks around um oz is not around much after season four i haven't gotten to where he exits yet but um willow famously um oh he has uh, to go do family guy he has to go do family guy and robot check-in yeah he does i guess that would have been 1999 um, Willow famously uh, discovers she's uh, she's gay and has a really nice like romance, uh, gay romance that people seem to love. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, there's a n- couple other main characters that show up. Um, Michelle Trachtenberg shows up as Buffy's younger sister, who's the main character in the later the last season. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's good. I'm gonna keep watching it, and I will report back if we ever talk about this again. Yeah, cool. I'm into yeah. it, man. Like I, yeah, yeah it's fun. I really enjoyed this. I will definitely add Buffy to my list of things to watch. I mean, realistically, it's been on my list of things to watch for sure. years. It's just going to slide but way up. In maybe the I'll see I moved up in priority. It's, yeah, it's moving up to the list of things you need to watch that you'll you actually, actually watch. watch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's above yeah. the Mandalorian. Now the Mandalorian is the perfect point. <laughs> Eat shit, Todd. <laughs> Um, I'll I'll talk very quickly about Angel and the extended Buffyverse just to cap off on it, but I'm not going to get into plot beats. So in October of 1999, while Buffy season four was airing, the WB premiered a spinoff of Buffy named Angel. This is image 29. This is the promo poster. Um, Angel's first season is pretty different than its latter seasons. So it starts with Angel, like the thesis is Angel moves to LA to get away from Buffy and all of the, and you know, putting his past behind him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in this kind of like self-imposed exile, he does the blade thing. He hunts vampires by night as a means to atone for his past. Um, except much like Buffy, he learns that slaying is not a one man, one man gig. And pretty quickly he is met by another friendly demon named Doyle who kind of acts as his like second banana for season one, but is not Doyle from Gilmore girls. Not Doyle from Gilmore Girls. Okay, cool. This is the character Doyle. Doyle from Gilmore Girls. His name is Jonathan. Okay. 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 Um, but also, more importantly, uh, Angel meets up with Cordelia. So we get Cordelia. So Cordelia is gone from Buffy and she's full time in Angel. She's moved to LA to pursue acting because, like, sure, that tracks. All right. Sure. 
and uh and it's great cordelia's back and it's it's wonderful um the three so the the point of angel is it's very much doing the buffy thing the monster of the week but uh they're doing it but it's but it's a little bit darker it's a little edgier this is the shadow to buffy sonic if you will sure um and you can see how it's edgier in the intro that i've linked here and you can either watch that now or watch it later but um what it's watching it now great oh yep Oh, already, yeah. It's a it's a much different vibe. Oh, okay. I was not expecting violin. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's probably a cello. I think that's a cello. I think it's a whole string quartet. Well, not there at the beginning. No, no. But once once he kicks open the door and the rest of the band comes, as yeah, as bands do when you kick open. Yeah, I mean, you, you get it. Um, so Doyle, the character Doyle doesn't stick around for very long. Um, he actually gets replaced by Wesley Wyndham Price. So Alexi Denisoff comes back mm. and is a mainstay in the spinoff. We round out Angel's version of the Scooby gang with another couple other characters. Um, Fred, who's played by Amy Acker. Um, Charles Gunn, who's played by J. August Richards. And Lorne, who's a demon played by Andy Holland. And that's that's the Angel crew. So they do the Buffy thing. They open up a, a PI detective agency called Wolfram and Hart, which is you know kind oh, of a, on the nose. Okay. Yeah. makes more things make sense. And they go and it starts as Angel Investigations, and then it turns into Wolfram and Hart. And there's another one. Um, but they yeah they investigate weird paranormal shit and they fight vampires and it's it's a lot of the same stuff. Um, what's cool about Angel is because it ran alongside Buffy for a long most of its t- tenure. It would feature a lot of recurring characters. So Buffy actually appears in some of the earlier episodes. Um, Willow comes back in a bunch. Um, Faith is a big a big player. So Faith's not dead. Faith comes back. Eliza Dushku comes back a lot in these episodes. And then Spike. And Spike and Angel have like a fun, like, you know, married couple relationship. Um, uh, an odd couple. Thing. Like a, like a, like a, why I oughta, you know, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's good. Um, and uh, let's see. So outside of Angel, I mentioned earlier, Dark Horse produced a comic series from 2007 to 2011 called Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 8 uh, that picks up from obviously where the TV series left off. There's more. Um, Angel got its own comic run titled Angel After the Fall, which is its own like post-series thing. Between 2011 and 2019, we got three more Buffy entries, Season 9, Season 10, and Season 11 all by Dark Horse and executive produced and penned by Joss Whedon. Um, we get more spinoff comics like Tales of the Vampires, a series focused on Angel and Faith, another on Willow, and a couple others. Um, these all take place, this is like the Star Wars books, but pre-Disney, they all take place in one shared universe, or what fans have dubbed the Buffyverse. Um, most recently, in 2022, there were announcements, you may remember, that there was a Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot that was originally rumored and then actually confirmed by Joss Whedon himself. However, a lot of the people around it, this was post, well, this was post Joss Whedon getting me too, but also um, Sarah Michelle Gellar and a lot of other people were like, that's a terrible idea. You shouldn't do it. Like, let it die. You know, like, yeah. let, yeah. It be, let it be what it is. It's and, very uh, much a product of its time. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's just like, like, it doesn't, it's, it, they, they, it's good. Like, they've, they've done it. They've been doing it for 20 years. Since August, though, the reboot has been reportedly on pause, and there have not been any confirmed updates on it since. So, we'll we'll see if that ever does happen. And that's that's it. Um, if you want to hit us up, if you have any other Buffy Buffy pointers or want to provide any um, errata, please feel free to hit us up on social or email us at debatethiscast at gmail.com. Um, last thoughts, guys. Parting wisdom. 
No, I mean, I said it earlier when I didn't realize you were going to talk about other stuff, too. Like, I'm in. Cool. I love it. I'm going to watch it. I, yeah, I have no other thoughts. Yeah, there is a reason, like, this has endured time. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, it. there's a reason, like... Joss Whedon has a career because of this. Like, despite of despite yep. everything else about him, like he still has a career because of how good the show was. And like, there's there's something to be said for that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Cool. I'll, yeah, yeah. I think I I'm with Matt. Like, this has moved up in my to be watched list, and I'm certain I will enjoy all seven seasons of it. Like, yeah. no doubt in my mind, I will enjoy this. Um, yeah. The uh, in the in the spectrum of um flavor text that I've really enjoyed learning. Like this is up there with like yeast <laughs> and <laughs> sure. like ones that like, I didn't know that I would like it this much, but I really did Yeah, um, very much enjoyed it. So um, once again, you know, special shout out to uh, O creative one on the discord. Um, you should also, we'll, we'll post a, a link to their, their show as well, which uses that monster of the week format or that game mechanic. Um, if you want to commission your own flavor text out there, Please head on over to patreon.com slash debate this cast. Uh, if you sign up for the master debater tier, that is a one-time fee of $60. You only have to pay $60 one time, and then you can immediately swap it back or swap it off. We will reach out to you. You can tell us whatever you want us to talk about next, even if that is mid-90s serial family dramedy, 7th Heaven. Which we will do. We will watch it. We won't like it, but we'll we'll make Todd watch it. We'll make Todd watch it. Yeah. (laughs) We'll make Todd watch it and make fun of it. Until next time, I'm Andrew Henderson. I'm Kyle. Todd isn't here, so let's make him watch Seventh Heaven Harper. And I'm Matt. If I was a drag queen, my name would be Muffy the Glampire Slayer. Cole. (laughs) And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds. How long did you have that one locked? Oh, dude, like two and a half hours. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 